Hey everybody, I'm here with my first interview with 800 Pixel Gorilla, who... It took me until after I beat the entire game to get, like, the name, essentially. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, it's 800 Pound Gorilla, like, it's a, it's a riff. I didn't process it the whole time I was actually, like... Uh, like, trying to actually solve puzzles involving your name at one point. But he's the creator of a game called Locke, which is exclusively available right now on Dreams, which is just a hell of a gem to find. Like, you, uh, at first glance, you look into this and you're, you're poking around like, oh, this looks pretty impressive for a thing that was made of, like, a in, like, a console, like, game maker suite thing. And then over the course of the game, you kind of just forget it was made inside of anything. And it just, it just, unironically and with no extra, like, caveats or anything is just a fantastic puzzle game that's just really cool to find and this was this was a this was a cool discovery and, and it was cool to go through the wave of uh introducing people to it and then them like getting like 10 minutes into the first episode and then bouncing off and being like nope brb i'm gonna go play the entire game and come back later and so this was uh it was, was neat so we have all sorts of questions i put them out to patreon asking like just what they wanted to ask you about this because I, th I thought that'd be a decent amount. There was a lot of interest in this because uh, a lot of people really engaged with this game in particular. And uh, a little out of my element here, but you were just in the comments and just very publicly like just available. And I'm like, I guess I should try to do an interview, right? That's what people do in my position <laughs> when they're like <laughs> some kind of professional. But uh, I think this is, the, this is the most obvious first question to have is, uh, this, I'm so sorry that I don't know how to pronounce your name, but Aruna Shalom uh, Alag, Alagapan asks, uh, Maybe I'm just a greedy guy here, but why didn't you make this a standalone game and sell it separately? You probably started messing around with in dreams to make a small game, but once you realized this was going to be a proper full-fledged puzzle game, did you think of quitting dreams and making it in a different engine? $10 for this game on Steam and console stores would be an easy buy for a lot of us. And I asked, Ooh, I asked a, this kind of knowing some of the answer already. Yeah, that's a that's kind of a bigger question than it seems. Um, the whole like making a game in dreams is kind of it's not as daunting as it seems, I guess, than like making a game for real. And so like a lot of um, the reason for it to exist is just because dream ex dreams exist. Like I would never have thought to make a real game. I mean, I just don't have the technical expertise. You know, I'd have to have other people involved to help me make a real version of this. And so... There's like a level dreams, of scale, like you'd have to be a company. Well, there's just like the hurdles, the barrier to entry is just lot, uh, much higher. Um, the kind of the promise of dreams is that it is to let you just kind of sit down and go and like the distance between you having a good idea and actually having it be something that someone else can play is very very short as compared to like any other tool <laughs> where the distance between those two things would be very very long and so um i i i knew i was gonna make something big that was always my goal was to make something like this when i first learned about dreams so I had been planning this game for a while and I just never occurred to me, like maybe this is just maybe humbly, I guess it just never occurred to me that what I was making would be uh, desirable enough that people would actually pay money for it. Like I just never really even had those thoughts um, until after it was released. And then 
you know, people reacting to it and saying things like that, like, oh, I'd pay $10 for this easy are things that have made me think, well, maybe, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, maybe I should have done something different or maybe I should do something different moving forward. And so I don't, I don't, it's a kind of a hard question to answer because there was never an intention to like make money to make this. It was just something I wanted to do. And so I guess the post success, the post success of it has kind of. Um, that sort of reaction to like, there, maybe that there actually is something here. Not yeah. Either. And it's, like, it's, I, I get it too. Like around the same time I started launching like my essay channel and I just was kind of just seeing what I could do at all. You know what I mean? And then exactly. I just have this, these like waves of positivity. I'm like, I wasn't ready for this. I don't know what to do with this. Exactly. I guess I should try to do more. I mean, it's kind of like, I, I guess I don't think of it in the way that like, well, I'm good at this sort of thing. Like that I should, I'm good enough to make something for money. Like I never would have, I've never had that opinion of myself. And so like, it's a weird It'd be a weird position to be in to be like halfway through making this in dreams and then being like, you know what? I think I should make this for money. Like I just, it's just, I don't know. It takes some kind of confidence maybe that I don't have <laughs> to make yeah. that that leap. I mean, even this thing took me like two years and that was doing it the easy way. So you must've started uh, like right away. Right. Cause dreams isn't very old. Is it? As soon as like, um, you know, they, they announced it at some E3, like a million years back or whatever it was. And it was one of those nebulous announcements where you're like, what even, like, what is that? Like, this yeah. is just bizarre. This is like, what even are you guys doing? And so nobody, you didn't really know what it was. And then, I don't know, it was like a year, a couple years after that, they like showed them using it to do stuff. And then like, oh, okay, I get it. It's like a game. It's like a game engine. I mean, that's kind of, I mean, they never really said that, but it you could tell that's what was going on, yeah. you know? And so, like, at that moment, I was like, oh, I'm doing that. I'm going to totally get involved in that. I used to make, you know, I used to do, like, Flash games back in the day when that was a thing, like, professionally. And that just, that just kind of went away. Um, and there was never really a good avenue to do that again. And I always liked the immediacy of that platform. And so this kind of just scratched that same itch. And so as soon as they, you know, showed that second, whatever that was, preview, I forget what it, exactly what it was, but I was like, okay, now I, now it's time to figure out what I'm going to do. And like, I guess I started working on this game at that moment. So it took a long time to, you know, form into a real thing. And obviously so, it changed. I'm sort of like time. fixating on these textures a little bit, but I assume this is sort of like... in inherit to how things are rendered in dreams or was this a specific art choice that you make i was always always curious about that throughout this like the uh i I couldn't really tell how the visuals work exactly because like the uh there's like a certain uh you know like like, like this looks like a bunch of like brush like dollops or, or, or dabs i guess and then like there's a certain like fuzzy edged everything and i'm like is that is this uh like how visuals are rendered in dreams specifically or is this the way you chose to design the these visuals for the most part that's how dreams works i would say like dreams doesn't use your standard like polygon sort of a texture sort of method where you like you make a shape and then you texture it like dreams uses what's called flex which is 
those kind of paint daub looking things there on all on everything like you can control the density of it like as you're making things but that also increases your um you know the limit like you only have so much room in a one in a single scene in dreams and so like the more high fidelity you make something like the more graphically intensive it becomes so it's like the and, object limit you see in like the uh almost like the the time splitters in halo like level editors like there's like that like a budget yeah there's a budget for different things like there's a sound budget there's like a things like a number of things budget and then there's like a graphics budget and so the like the quote unquote tighter you make something which is like what you'd like if you raise the tightness all the way up it looks you can't really see those but then like a single block takes up like 10 percent of your budget and so you just can't really do that and make something like this so I these just have to turn these trees are just so relaxing to look at. Yeah, the but trees the are actually somebody else's. So that's the biggest thing about dreams is um, when people make like an asset, like a tree, let's say, um, they just put it out there and like label it remixable, and then anybody in the whole anybody using the platform can just put that tree into their scene. And so I'd say like eighty percent of the stuff in the game is actually stuff I didn't even make. It's just stuff I found and maybe like uh, recolored or reshaped slightly just so it would feel consistent. Like since if you look at the credits, there's like a million names on everything because Dreams does a really good job of accrediting every single asset that gets placed. So, um, you know, nobody's getting their stuff just taken and used for free or without any kind of uh, recognition. But yeah. I suppose we should do a little bit of a primer on what Dreams is for people that don't know, like like PC gamers and so on that might have just been out of the loop. But there is a PS4 game that is currently like compatible to PS5 also where you can just really go in depth on making your own game essentially. And so it, unfortunately it's kind of locked to that specific format and there's no like pricing and storefront specifically, but people are seem to be making some really interesting stuff with that i'll definitely have to ask you later about other games too but uh looking at this graphic style in particular it definitely it definitely made me get caught off all the uh caught off guard all the more when there was a cutscene at one point and it very much didn't <laughs> look like fuzzy trees yeah the cutscene's uh, a different scene so that one of the things like so i cram a lot in like this is all one scene then that's kind of an insane thing to do because you can have hundreds of scenes like hundreds and hundreds of scenes in a single game there's the limit on scenes is very high so there's no reason to like for most games if you were making like a mario platformer style game you could have every level be its own scene and you'd have a lot more room to make each thing look good um the kind of this i wanted everything to be in the same place because i didn't want to have those transitions in this and so my every all the graphics in my game kind of suffer um, universally, they all have to be like lowered in quality quite a bit, which is why there's kind of a softness to everything. Whereas if you look at some other games that people have made, you know, they've broken it up into several scenes and so they can increase the fidelity and, and increase the quality a lot higher than what I was aiming for. Yeah, you can you pull some tricks here, which we'll get to. But uh, <laughs> as a quick primer, or uh, I guess a spoiler gate, for people that are just, that may have found this video without the context of already playing the game and so on, 
you can go find dreams on you can go find dreams on ps4 and ps5 you can go find lock and other games via that storefront and uh maybe elsewhere in the future but uh you might want to hop on off and go do that if you did haven't already played the game or uh, seen my playthrough or have some other wider context because uh, it's going to get spoilery pretty quick. I'm doing a little visual aid here so we have stuff to look at and context for what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. But if you've been looking at this very colorful island that seems really small and I tell you that that small island contains like six to eight hours of puzzle gameplay, then you're or six, probably six to ten, uh, and that piques your interest, then you probably should go pursue that now and come back to us later. Uh, it's worth the trip and uh, you know it's the type of thing where like it's the type of thing where like in like a in like mist or the witness which are very obvious things to think of at the, mm -hmm. when, the moment you see an island like this there are, are uh, irreversible spoilers that will occur if you uh, pursue further. I, I've technically already accidentally shown a few that I've tried to look away from, but uh, we're <laughs> going to be delving a lot deeper immediately. So that's your uh, the final warning. If you like these kinds of games, definitely check it out. I would also say that you don't even have to purchase uh, Dreams the to play this. This game is they've put it in the demo for Dreams. So if oh, you right. just you mentioned download that. the demo, um, which is free, this will be one of the things you can try out in the demo which is really really cool that's got to be like a really cool recognition moment right like when you're you you make a game within this thing and then like the company that made it in the first place specifically singles out your project as being like what they want to use to sell their game to the point mm -hmm. where you, they can you can just play this game for free you just need the console which is a bit of a buy-in there's a lot of other games too in the demo that are really really strong so yeah it's good company but yeah it does feel good to have that sort of level and if it gets more people to play dreams i think that's a good thing um that's one of the things we need the most is just more people playing like there's enough people making stuff but more people playing would be great before we get into the next viewer questions let's just look at the trick that you pull here which is that the this house is hot nonsense <laughs> which by the way i'll point <laughs> out that uh at the beginning of this playthrough, I definitely looked at this deck and was really fixated on this pipe and this deck like something was going to happen or there was something to interpret there. But uh, that yeah. was all me. If anything, it just meant, meant it, it was all more, the more sealed in my brain that when there was a back door, that doesn't make sense. The, there's a deck here. The deck that obviously means something. <laughs> but there's, uh, there's some... I don't know if non-Euclidean is the right term for it, but there's basic spatial relations that don't make sense in this game and if and since you don't have it all unlocked at the beginning like the you slowly open up one door at a time over the course of the opening hours uh it doesn't necessarily dawn on the player immediately mm -hmm. like this back door you might see the back door and think but there's no back door but if you don't think about it that solidly or you think there's just like a room back there that's still inside the house it's not that much but like you take a few laps to and from this kitchen to the outdoors and eventually you have to register this house is massive on the inside compared to the outside and as if almost tauntingly you look out here and there's a different there's like a forest in a different season entirely yeah it does take some some players notice it quicker than others i've seen some people not ever notice <laughs> it, <laughs> it's I, kind of funny it genuinely i i think i genuinely didn't quite 
noticed for like the first 20 minutes and even thought weird that that window shows a different environment without fully registering that like this house is it has no space in it <laughs> that's why yeah. i gave the little primer of like hey this this game has like six to ten hours of gameplay by the way even though it looks like this house is like the size of the room i'm recording this podcast in <laughs> the quickly do you want do you want to talk about the trick here well, yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's a very simple, actually, if from a technical perspective, uh, because it's just the rooms are just grouped together as their own like items or objects or whatever. And there's these things in dreams called zones, which de- which can detect in detect a number of things. But one of the things they can detect is the player. And so I just have a bunch of those zones, like very uh, carefully placed. So that when they when they detect the player, they either turn some of these rooms on or off, and essentially that's all that's really happening is that the rooms are being, you know, hidden from view, let's say based on where the player is standing or they're not. Um, the hardest one is obviously when you're standing outside and you can see all the way to the back from the front, and so that means that the backyard has to be cut up in slices. So that way, depending on the angle you're looking at um that's a fun trick to think about like you have to be showing like like, the fence and the tree but not any of the wider boundaries so that view of the backyard you're looking at right there is literally just this it's it's literally there like it's just a slice like the none of the rest of the backyard has loaded in yet so like if i could if i could leave the character standing here and like hover the camera away i could probably see like a weird like hill out in the middle of the ocean (laughs) basically yes (laughs) and so and i just like cut you just like you know it just turns off there when you get farther far enough away there are some spots that i know of where the illusion breaks but they're really hard to find and they're uh you have to be standing just right or move just right um and you can kind of outpace it too like if you move really quickly like the game will not load fast enough yeah, there's instances where some of the rooms don't load in properly, but like because the game is so weird, like people just assume it's part of the game, which is fine by me. <laughs> it definitely, I definitely started getting in the headspace where I once I I caught on to what was happening, I had to like start analyzing how the hell it works, and I think you confirmed one of my ide- the ideas in the comments where I was like, this is a double door at the beginning. Because it has to constrain your view of the left and right, doesn't it? Because otherwise, yeah, correct. you could see the outside world, and you could see this room on the right loading in. So, like, you have to have a second door frame, so you can't see that deep until you're already past this threshold. That's otherwise, correct. it would just be, just I guess a hallway would just go like shooting out to the right. I don't know how many mm-hmm, how big the mm-hmm. chunks are. Yeah, well, I could have made the I could have solved that problem with making smaller chunks, but it was just. You know, dreams and making logic and stuff in dreams is um can be tedious at times in doing something like that. I just would rather make the walls, you know, the double doorway than than try to take the effort to split everything up. And really the whole the whole reason this exists in the first place, and this is this will shatter any illusions of me being clever, is the whole the whole reason this the house is non Euclidean um is because I didn't want to have to model the outside. You didn't want to have an Edith Finch house to model. Yes. Yeah, there's there's so much extra. If you imagine all the rooms being there and the upstairs and all that stuff being there from the get go, and you're standing outside, the house would be a much bigger challenge to build. 
I imagine um, that it's almost not even shaped like a house would ever be, right? Like it's just yeah, sort of, it's almost like too. a mess if you can see it from the outside. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. But like I was just like, man, if you if you're only in the house, like you never really it's really hard to like understand the outside. So the whole kind of reason the non-Euclidean stuff exists is because I was just too lazy. <laughs> I got I gotta but, say uh, it's it's so deeply satisfying to open up an environment over time like it's just such a base level thing but like it, it feels like in like in a in like I don't, I don't know how much this is true but like it feels like this like escape room influence where like the big mm -hmm. flourish you have in an escape room is that you're you're being conditioned to like observe every little detail around what's around you and you're trying to figure out what is noise and what's data and then the moment something finally clicks a door opens and your environment changes and not only is there a new location with new environmental interactions but then like some of the things from the different rooms affect each other and like that that sprawlingness where like suddenly you're like okay i have all these rooms open and like now there's another floor now there's another layer to the puzzles now there's another thing going on here like that that's what's really satisfying about these like observational environments like it's really cool and there was this aspect where like you you immediately show us these like heavily signposted uh portraits everywhere mm. it's like you they're so specific that they have to be a puzzle for something but the funny thing is that even though they prime you to observe things there's details about them that aren't obvious that they're important like the frames but then mm -hmm. even when you're already being primed to like focus on these really specific things in your environment it's still so easy to even after being primed to like take in everything like hyper fixate on the wrong things like these board these board games must be really important but the dartboards yeah. just does that doesn't matter don't look at that too closely <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's a hard balance like that was one of the because in my mind i'd always planned on um you know having nothing in the game matter i mean nothing in the game you know not matter like everything had to have a purpose for being but then i also was like oh i want it to be super decorative and like have <laughs> look like a real space and I'm like those two ideas just aren't compatible <laughs> like, oh yeah you you can't have a decorated space and then have everything not be noise and so it did become a challenge of culling just the right amount of stuff to like get that balance to where players felt like everything was mattering but then it also didn't feel empty and so like i'm not sure i 100 percent nailed that but again like it's the kind of thing that you have to like learn i think it's definitely a fun surprise when you dismiss something as just decorative for about four hours before realizing it's the crux of everything that you're stuck uh, stuck on and the only reason you're not getting or is this the cake from Portal. I think so. That was <laughs> that was not intentional. That was somebody else's cake I pulled. I just searched cake in the dreams, like Dreamiverse library, and I was like, oh, that one looks nice. <laughs> <laughs> and so maybe maybe a different cake would have been better <laughs> because everybody has that comment. Um, I don't. I honestly think I. I don't know if I even registered that during the playthrough. To be honest, I think I j just clicked just now. But I'm like, hang on a minute. <laughs> some archetypical stuff here like the island obviously is going to make people think of the witness and mist mm -hmm. a bit whether intentional or not and so stumbling onto the portal cake you could just own that as intentional like it just it just fits the uh the genre at least sure as opposed to just being a, like a non sequitur speaking of the uh, exactly that uh topic actually 
Cold Guy asked, how did the idea of Locke come to be? Were you inspired by other games? What made you make the games in Dreams? I guess the last part we've covered already, but... Yeah, I think... Well, so, The Witness and um, like games like Myst obviously have their influence. Um, the Witness is definitely one of the games that I played, and I was like, oh man, like I don't understand <laughs> game design. Like, this... <laughs> this game does <laughs> you know and so like that was pretty formidable in my opinions about games like just that game in general um and just the subsequent um you know hearing about that game and what went into it but i wouldn't say the witness is why is like is influencing the reason i made this game this game is coming from like this other concept of um i don't know like this game starts off with the message um, you know, Locke is a puzzle hunt style game, which is kind of like a, kind of a cryptic sort of message because most people don't even know what a puzzle hunt is. And it's it's like a style of puzzle. Um, it's it's hard to describe, but usually they're there. It's it's on a it's on a different complexity level than what most puzzles or escape room style puzzles uh are are on and it uses a lot of wordplay so they're usually like Speaking every solution is a word and and all the puzzles are very esoteric in the fact that you know they give you very limited information they don't tell you how to solve it and it becomes kind of you know you have to like sleuth out the method and it can be as complex of like you know it's like a list of album names and you look up all those albums on the internet and then you notice that they're all the all the the, you know, the bands on those albums are in alphabetical order and then you do something weird and et cetera, et cetera. And he, that's how that's the complexity of like a puzzle hunt style puzzle, which is it's just it requires a lot of research, requires a lot of trial and error. But the methods involved in those puzzles have always been very fascinated by and they're very clever. Um, the biggest issue I have with them is they're very, they're very challenging and there's not a lot of. Uh, consideration for new people to get into the genre you kind of just have to like fail a lot it's almost like you, you have to realizing... play the genre in the right order to like have the right on-ramping experience right well there i would say that there isn't any on-ramp currently you just have to kind of play keep trying them and keep not understanding anything until and like looking at the answers and like how they do it and do that enough until eventually you kind of get a hold of the gist you kind of get a hold of the pat, like the different ways you solve and the different techniques and stuff. And it's just like, and then and once you've jumped over that hurdle or, or, you, or you're just like immensely intelligent, which um, I'm not even, uh, once you get over that, you get over that hurdle, you're, uh, you, you can enjoy them more thoroughly and actually solve them. And what I wanted to do was I wanted to take that kind of the way those puzzles are made. I wanted to take that ethos and actually make a game where there was an on-ramp, where it did, it was very introductory in the sense that it wasn't assuming that you understood how those puzzles worked or anything like that, and and just take the take that those that thinking about those type of puzzles and put it into a game you could play, um, and and not so much the way those those puzzles are normally formatted as like a one page, like like you print it out, like it's a single page of paper. And it's oh, just yeah. a bunch of words. I think viewers it's, mailed me like a like puzzle books that you're supposed to tear the pages out of essentially and solve them. 
Yeah, it's Except similar like the to genre. those. Yeah, and and sometimes they're just so like you have to think really laterally to get the right answer, you know. And so, and there's there's been a couple puzzle hunt like video games, but like they're even more obscure than this, and they are not easy. They're even harder, right? Because the designers are steeped into their, I guess, puzzle culture, <laughs> let's say, and so it does kind of fit that mold of just being very esoteric and lateral. And so I just really thought there was room for something like this to exist. Um, and that was where the whole idea that like, how do I, how do I make that game? Like, what does that game look like? And what does, what is it trying to do? Do you have and like examples that come to mind for like those kinds of games? Cause I, I, uh, at this point I've been like steeped into the puzzle games for years for part of my job, but like I have no, like cultural context for like what anything is called or what like the subgenres necessarily are, and, and I end up making up my own <laughs> at best. Like like the, the genre is either called puzzle hunt or mystery hunt. If you, um, there is an online like there's a one called there's an online called site called Puzzled Pint, which has like the print and play versions like where it's just like a sheet of paper, and those are generally on the easier side, but they're still very hard. Um, but as far as like the video games ones goes, I can't even recall the name. There's like one or two at best. Right. And so it's like, I can't, the name I've watched, I've just watched YouTube videos of people play them and they're not, um, they're not the type of games I would recommend people play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're not, they're not what I would call good. <laughs> they are, they're just very, 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 very hard. <laughs> like that's the, where the kind of hard words you'd be stuck on the very first thing for days and then that's the point sort of thing and so like i don't even know if i would recommend that that's that's why i wanted this game to exist because i wanted to be like is there a way to make those type of puzzles like not unapproachable i'm sort of reminded so, of like that universal story that everyone seems to tell about how they encountered mist on like some like grandparents computer when they were too young for it and like they just clicked around a bit and there was like no like because they didn't have like context for like even what the type of video game was it was just yeah. impenetrable which is like weird because yeah. like once you're once you've made that hurdle you can't even, it's almost hard to empathize with what it was like to not understand it because mm-hmm. like once you're once you once you're conditioned it's it's like how like once upon a time i couldn't understand what a crpg was because i only played diablo like it's like you would launch up fallout and you would just not know how to like start playing at all and like yeah like there's and like like i can imagine that's like an element of like this kind of stuff is that you're trying to figure out even what your audience is and what they would expect or how to sort of how to make your converts yeah i totally was prepared for the like i think you had in the first video there was a single person that reacted like they were they sounded like they were familiar with puzzle hunts yeah i saw you get into like this jargon heavy conversation with someone that seemed to know way more than about the specifics already yeah and they were like disappointed that it was (laughs) like i was i was using like the most like cliched or tropiest like solving methods to begin with and i'm like that's the point like It's like, I knew that I knew as soon as like a puzzle hunt person saw this, like they would be like, oh, this is, this is like kitty, this is like child's play version of their puzzles. So to like call it that is almost like, 
a no-no for them, I would imagine. But it's, I don't know what else to do to like bridge that gap. You know, it needs to have, it yeah. needs to be approachable. So I just knew I was going to get that sort of reaction from at least a few people. It's, um, yeah, it's, puzzles are weird like that. Like you have this universe, you have this, uh, you get the full blanket of every experience simultaneously where mm -hmm. there's this whole crowd of people that can't understand how anyone is solving this game. And then other people that s see it as like, preschool stuff and, the, and, they're, and, they're, and they don't understand why anyone's entertained by it but if i had made like a game for that guy i would have made a game for nobody like i feel like you would have like, made a game for just that guy <laughs> yeah basically <laughs> and so i wanted so the goal is and this is where i kind of think I, I fell down a little bit was like at the end of the game and this is back into spoiler territories you get the book that's full of like one page puzzles that are like kind of standalone and they use the like clues from the environment to solve. And that book is supposed to be like the one-to-one -one analog to like a real puzzle hunt puzzle. Right. And so mm. the whole point of the game was, and this is where it kind of feels weird to people who don't like basically everybody actually is that book part. Like people either hate that part or really like that part. Um, because it's, it is kind of dips in difficulty. It becomes pretty easy actually. Um, and it feels kind of counter to the rest of the it doesn't feel like it fits as much with the rest of the game but the whole point was i wanted you to play the game and then get that book and then not be afraid of those puzzles because they don't really tell you what to do right and so it was my way of saying you know i've taught you how to do a puzzle hunt now here here here's like a real one even though what ended up happening is those the real one was fairly straightforward and easy right like these so these I, were. I came down here to go open it, only remembering then that I, it was with me all along. <laughs> right. So, like, if I gave you this book, like that first page from the get go, without ever playing the game, you wouldn't even know what to do. It would just be confusing. Yeah. You know. And so, like, that was the point. Was that like when you see something like this puzzle, like these pages, like you can do it. You just have to like contextualize things properly. And that's kind of the whole point of a puzzle hunt is you just have to put everything in the right context, and then it makes sense. And so I wanted to kind of on-ramp you into being able to do this book. And make, uh, my, the thing I erred on was I think I made the book too easy. And so I could have made the book a lot more challenging um, and made it feel like it fit that mold a little better. But, you know, something I will correct if I ever... Definitely the most intimidating visual is this, is this wall. <laughs> and just wondering what it's even going to turn out to be. And like your your imagination invents like a hundred overly complex ideas of what you might even be expected <laughs> to do with this thing. Yeah. But the uh, the, a, so the book is like scratching an itch where you finally turn to the page and you see like it's the fucking frames. There they are. Mm -hmm. I've been waiting six <laughs> hours to find something about these. <laughs> yeah, and those are all using classic like puzzle hunt techniques. The like again like the really cliched puzzle hunt techniques. <laughs> None of the really advanced ones where you're like opening up spreadsheets and just like really distributing the letters or whatever. Like there's all kinds of advanced stuff that I didn't even touch. Makes me wonder if I'm underexposed. I don't know. There's there's certain parts where I'm like, OK, here we go. It's this. We're doing this again. And then there's other parts where I'm like, this is like really novel and I wasn't ready for this. That you have, In particular, you have one game spanning reveal that is just one hell of a thing to to notice and then kick yourself for not noticing every time you walked into any room, which is a great yeah, moment. That, 
that was an early on idea. I knew I was going to do that. It and so had like, to I tried be, like, right? <laughs> yeah, I tried to set I tried to set the game up to do just that. I think in retrospect, I could have made the rooms even look more like what they're supposed to look like because I kind of I kind of ob- obscured them out of fear that people would notice too quickly. But upon watching people play it, I feel like I could have made the rooms look exactly like what they're supposed to look like. And, and nobody no one would, and have no one would question it. <laughs> yeah, no one would have noticed. This is like so, a, a this is like a weirdly funny moment is getting to the end of the leaf maze and then getting what is essentially the solution to the leaf maze. Like, congratulations, you've already wandered through the whole thing. Here's a ma- here's the map that tells you how to do what you've done already. I don't remember if that was a puzzle specifically. It's been a it's been a bit since the uh, playthrough. Yeah, it's a it was a weak hint to the second part of the puzzle, which like I've already kind of redesigned for how it really should have been. The map probably wouldn't won't even be shouldn't even be there to be honest. It was kind of like it, a it does work as a joke a if nothing else. Yeah, just, I guess. just the idea of like here you go, here's how you here's the map after you've already found what is seemingly the prize room. But the uh, so you, I think you mentioned this before in the comments too. But uh, like you you have do you still have plans for releasing this on other platforms? Yeah, I'm currently working with a couple people um, to move this over in Unity, and then we plan to release it on Steam and whatever other platforms we can. But Steam would be the first thing. Um, it does it does present some interesting challenges because. With uh, with dreams, I know everybody's got a PlayStation controller, and so some of the mm-hmm. puzzles were like the whole panel interactions oh, are based the off the controller. Yeah, and so like I'm now think I we can't even into the problem real quick that like well everybody has a keyboard now, so it becomes a little awkward to have people like arrow through panels instead of just type the solutions. But I was just yeah, like, well, inter- we'll just yeah stick with it and see what happens <laughs> the interesting question of yeah like you were you made a game around a specific control scheme so it's kind of like when like the uh the room games get converted to non-touchscreen platforms and they kind of like fundamentally changes oh, yeah. the nature of what some of the puzzles are or like how 999 the game that's infamous in these halls uh has in, has several parts of the game that are built exclusively around the idea of being a, a dual screen game, and so if you make it wider audience available on on Steam and PlayStation and even the Vita, you lose the original language that the game was metatextually interacting with. Yeah, and that's going to happen here. It's just, I mean, it would be a completely. I'd have to make a completely different game if I was to like really incorporate you know a yeah. universal thing like so i'm just i'm just gonna like not address it and just it's just gonna be one of those things that's weird and I, i'm probably not gonna be the greatest sort of uh interaction point but uh a lot of people on the computer play with their controllers anyway so maybe maybe it won't be so bad but we'll, yeah. we'll just have to see how it goes big controller recommended stamp <laughs> yeah basically the, the usual <laughs> unfortunately I, uh... Yeah, I wonder about that stuff. Like, I think about, uh, I feel like Undertale pulls some weird stuff, or like Pony Island does, but like a lot of indie games like to pull, this is a computer game doing a computery thing, and like, or like making the game crash on purpose as a, uh, like having the game close as a result of your actions, and then being like, here's a text file in your folder. And I always wonder, like, what some of those games do when they try to convert that to like being a PS4 game and fundamentally lose the language that they were interacting with. Yeah, I don't, that's it's such a hard challenge too. 
I just don't even I don't even have good answers because it's just at some point it just I guess it just depends on how much that moment is actually like core to what your game is about. Yeah. And then so like how much you keep it or not. Like for me, like the the input method on the panels is pretty core to the game. And like I can't so much so that changing it would be changing the game. Like I can't, you know what I mean? It's so integrated. Yeah, it could be weird to type onto the panels, especially when some of the panels have some special characters that you can't discover if you're just typing right. it. The, uh, let's see, I think we got through all that. Uh, Paul L. asks, were there any early ideas or puzzles that didn't make it into the final game? Which, like, I'm sure the answer is yes, but the <laughs> implication is what would they be? Yeah, I mean, I think they're mostly just harder, harder puzzles, like, or just really bad ideas. Um, like, a lot of the puzzles were a lot harder to begin with, and they kind of smoothed out over playtesting and or got cut. Um, and so, because, again, I was trying to make this on-ramp style game and not necessarily, like, the really a really hard puzzle game, even though a lot of people will say that it is really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to save those for Lock 2 Revengeance. Yeah, well, like, <laughs> yeah, we can get into that. Well, there's another question I think that somebody asked that I think will lead into that a little better. But, um, yeah, it's mostly just bad puzzles or just really hard puzzles. Like the book, I cut a lot of the book ideas that because I thought they were too hard or they ended up being too hard. or And I didn't know what to, like, pacing this sort of game is really the, is really challenging because... Not only are all the puzzles kind of like touching on a different sort of like some people are good at math and some people are good at spatial things and some people are good at wordplay oh, yeah. and all the puzzles kind of fit in a different niche. And so that's what I think is one of the strengths about the game is like every puzzle is very different and you don't use the same sort of like solving technique on each one. You're always accessing a different like skill set. Um, but then that what that does is make pacing it very difficult. And so And then on top of that, it's kind of nonlinear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could you could essentially open a lot of the doors before you even solve anything. Um if you're if you know what you're doing. But yeah, it's just so the book came down to like, do I want the game to just like grind to a halt here, or do I want the player to just have a bunch of successes in a row? Because we're at we're nearing the end of the game. And so I just don't know what the right answer for that question is. Because some people will say, well, you want the ending of the game to be, you know, the most challenging part of the game um, because it's the ending. So you want it to be like the most the biggest hurdle to overcome, like so it feels the most rewarding. And so I opted for kind of this roller coaster approach where, you know, you would just done something really big and huge. And then you get like the book and the, the contents, which is a scavenger hunt style thing, which is, again, another puzzle hunt kind of trope is to end the end the thing with the, the scavenger hunt um and i guess it's sort yeah, of like yeah. it's rewarding your your experience up to that point because at that point you've unlocked the whole map and you it's rewarding you for paying attention to what you found so far yeah so i opted for it to be like that sort of like an easier down slope with a little bit of some some gotchas that slow you down but ideally i wanted once you got that big reveal like for you to kind of get go on to cruise mode and be able to just like have a lot of successes in a row and just get to the end where maybe you get stuck because the very last puzzle is pretty tricky. Um, it's not hard. It's just tricky. Um, and so. 
it does lead to the situation where like i think even you said in your playthrough like oh it feels a little weird to be doing something like this at this point in the game oh the word, seemed, the word search yeah the word search because it seems so like rudimentary compared to like a lot of the things you had just done which i completely agree with and it's just like finding that right balance and so you know maybe that should have got cut for one of my other ideas that was a little bit harder but it definitely, is what my, it is. definitely my two favorite uh memories like realizations was like one was realizing what every room was shaped like and two was realizing that everything has has its eyes carefully removed unless it's the <laughs> eyes that are important to puzzles which is yeah. just such a thing to realize across the entire map that nothing has eyes unless it's supposed to yeah, i think you're the first person to actually point that out that i've watched play um most people don't even like put the two into together, but yeah, that was a. I even missed a couple. Like a fir the first couple of playthroughs I watched, I had eyes on things that I had forgotten about, and so like, <laughs> I had to go back through and call more eyes from things, which is such a weird, weird thing to a do. A very specific job. To have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, have it's to not be something removed. you think about. Yeah, but, but no, it's I, like puzzles I, I like, like that. that the game builds a like a, a vocabulary essentially and then continues to reapply them later so like the eye stuff is obviously learned in like the second or first room of the game but then you start realizing it has wider context outside of that environment yeah that was one of my early ideas for the progression was to make sure i always knew i wanted to do this like dual layer thing and that's where maybe the witness had some more influence than other games is just like I knew I wanted to have like the puzzles contained to the rooms for the first go. And then I wanted that to teach you something like a way to look at the world. And then, you know, the second level of solution was trying to incorporate that same teaching outside, you know, the environment of the room. And so like you kind of can reapply it to finding new things. Um, and some rooms are a lot easier to do that with than others. Some rooms super hard and kind of clunky at the end of, at the end of the day but you definitely ignite a lot of people's imaginations because i got there's definitely a lot of people that love these this genre and like one of the things you do when you play enough of these games is you kind of like wonder about how to do that and like how what is the internal logic and like where, where do you learn even what puzzles are or how do you get the vocabulary for it and then how do you like structure a campaign around that i think like probably like half these questions are ultimately about that actually mm -hmm. yeah um, oh yeah that's the, the next question uh levercon asks i'd love to know more about the process of designing a puzzle i physically printed out a paper with these questions on it because i'm out of screens uh I'd love to know more about the process of designing a puzzle. Do you start with the epiphany and work backwards from there? Is there a process of coming up with some good functional puzzles and then working out a way of connect, to connect them in a satisfying way, or does something completely different happen? I mean, that's sort of close to the truth. Um, I think it obviously depends on the person and depends on the game. Um, some puzzles are some type of puzzle games, like, and it depends on, yeah, the type of puzzle game is really important. So if you're looking at traditional like Sokoban style puzzle games where it's like you're pushing like a good snowman's hard to build or the monster exploration or what is it? Monster expedition or whatever. Yeah, I think it's, it's monsters like, expedition that has yeah. some reveals. <laughs> yeah, I'm still playing that. So I don't I don't know. But like the 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 method of those games is like or you know, Steven Sausage Roll is another one where yeah. the, to, to design those puzzles you kind of have to know, you know, the whole rule set, but then like the puzzles individually are 
you know, they're about an idea usually, but you can kind of salt make like a bunch of different versions of those puzzles and then like just cut the bad ones and you can largely just yeah they're like order of operations style puzzles right and so you can kind of just mix and match and build those puzzles or build a bunch of different versions of those puzzles and see what works but then you have games like this where it's like the puzzles are a little less defined like what is a puzzle you know it's not in Stephen Sausage Roll, like you, are, you know the goal of every puzzle is to cook the sausages, right? So it's like, you know what you're doing, and you know the different steps when you're designing those. It's still hard and challenging. It's just a different thing. Whereas here is like, I was mostly I was mostly dealing with a bunch of constraints. So I knew where I was trying to end up. I knew what I was trying to. Sh I knew what like tropes I was pulling from, and then it's just a matter of, um, you know, figuring out what methods are interesting. Uh, and sometimes that involves like what they said, which was starting with the aha moment or the epiphany where it's like, oh, I want people like the map room, for instance, I want people to realize that the method to solving this puzzle is to, you know, press the keypad in a certain sequence and that'll make the word appear on the screen. Right. I knew that was a cool method for solving the puzzle. And then. The, mo the moment I the realized that the the compass rose was a deep head. Yeah. So all that was all, just all came clicks. from that idea, right? So like I knew I wanted the puzzle to be or the solution to be you started on one word, you did like the you know, the contra code in the deep into the thing, and then like another word showed up. And so I was just like, what facilitates that the most interestingly? Um, are in an interesting way. And so that's where the map comes from. That's where the journey comes from. And it's like, oh, I could have this thing where you're, you know, you're reading um, a book and you're figuring out the path on the on a map and then you have to transcribe that map. And that's your sequence of inputs. And then like the clues all stem from that with the compass rose being the D-pad. And you just figure out a way to like get there. You know, same thing with like the math room was like, you know, I was like, oh, it'd be cool if instead of typing a word you were typing numbers like boob on a calculator and like that was the genesis of that puzzle and so i was just like what what do i need to do to facilitate that you know what need, do i need to do to get the player into that direction and so it just becomes like a ton of planning on that side of things and figuring out that i don't think i even noticed this before but the back the internal back cover of the journey book is just a d-pad <laughs> Yeah, it might be a little bit on the nose, but I cut it and put it back and cut it and put it back. It seems. Yeah, I think I just bulldozed right past it and didn't even notice it. Because I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm, out of, I'm out of words. But then I saw the compass rose at least. There's a lot of little details. Yeah, the uh, it is kind of all over the place, isn't it? Because there's a, like, just based on what you're used to from puzzles, like, you definitely, like, I, de I definitely recognize the we're going to go this many spaces in these directions on a map puzzle. But then the input was not something I saw coming at all. But you definitely avoid a lot of the and I guess maybe that might I guess that's just level of exposure to some extent, but like from my perspective you you avoid what a lot of what rock paper shotgun calls like the elder puzzles, like here's lights out, here's the um, oh, yeah. the three buckets of water and here's a sliding <laughs> tile puzzle and stuff and so on. But then that one guy on the in the comments, he probably thinks this this game's all elder puzzles. Yeah, I mean, from I think the genre of puzzle it does avoid a lot of those sort of tropier, more tropier feeling puzzles, like you're saying. But yeah, yeah from, the, the puzzles you'll see in a Bioware game or a Resident Evil game without fail. Yes, I was 
I actually tried to do the 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 Resident Evil like the the flower room is sort of the Resident Evil like put the sliders in the right position puzzle, but trying to like recontextualize it into uh yeah into one of these style puzzles. So like once you do that though, once you've recontextualized those trope those elder puzzles into this, they kind of like lose all relationship to those original style puzzles yeah. because it's so different when you're trying to clue a word. I think that's the main difference, right? Is that those all those puzzles are just basically um, turn a turn a thing on, right? You're just trying to it, are like get to the finished position. It's like right? the idea that like if Towers of Hanoi was in here, solving Towers of Hanoi wouldn't make the door open because the input isn't Towers of Hanoi. Right. So once you try to like convert some kind of action into a word, that's when things have to get interesting because it becomes a lot harder challenge from a design perspective to key in a word. And I would think that's that's kind of where a lot of these ideas come from is like, well, how how do I get a word out? You know, how do you extract, which is the, the terminology, the extraction? How do you extract a word from something? And then, you know, how can I help the player along? Um, I'd say another thing when it comes to puzzles, at least the way I look at it, I don't know if this is what other people do, but something I constantly think about is what do I know for certain that the player knows or the player thinks they know? And then how can I use that against them? So that's use their own assumptions. Yeah. So yeah. That's something I, I constantly try to like keep in mind. So I'm like, at any point during I'm designing a puzzle, I'm like, what do I think? What do I know the player is thinking for sure? Or what can I be almost certain that the player is thinking? And then how can I use that against them? And then how do I incorporate that into the design? And so... Depending know, on the genre, it's like the classic loop is you walk into a room and you're like, well, this is impossible, but it can't be impossible. So what am I wrong about? And you just right. sort of stare at it for 10 minutes. Yeah, I can't think of any real instances of that here, but I know they're, they, I can't, I know they exist. Yeah, um, it's, it's often, it often comes up a bit more in like the, like obviously the Sokoban style puzzles, but also like portal mm -hmm. and more like environmental inter interacty kind of ones. But uh, this is a bit, I, I would definitely, I would definitely equate this game somewhat more in the mist direction where it's, you're trying to make observations and you're exploring and then you're kind of, sort of decoding the logic of your environment because the actual puzzle like sometimes finding what the puzzle is and what the steps involved are is like the majority of the solution as well right and that kind of flies in the face like that was the other ethos of the game is there's this i forget who said it but somebody wrote some um, puzzle designer wrote a book and said like good puzzle design is not about the what to do it's about the how to do and i was like what if the puzzles were about the what to do and so that's kind of what is going on here too it's like once you know what like once you know like you know the puzzle is kind of like you're looking at something you're like i don't know what to do with this but once you know what to do with it you're like oh i, I get it and then you just do it like there's no there's no difficulty between um once you kind of get the gist there's you know it's not gonna take you a long time to get the answer right you're not you don't then have to do Towers of Hanoi. You know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. no... You just like, oh, I got the word, and you just put it in, right? Putting in the word is not the hard part. It's figuring there's out There's a certain what. thing that stuck with me, which I think... I think this is an Eagle Raptor video or something, but there's just that argument of, like, the idea of, like, yeah, I get it, 
and like the time between the yeah i get it moment and the solution being drawn out too much can just be agony when you're like no but i get it and sometimes it's just an execution thing depending on what genre the game is like it, it stretches beyond puzzle into like entirely other genres but it can be deeply frustrating if you th understand the entire logic of the puzzle and you see where it is and you see the solution and then for some reason there's like a contrivance that kind of like makes Slows it unfinishable for some reason and it's often like oh i didn't get that i was supposed to like do it in a slightly different location like that sometimes it's like a it's like a miscommunication almost i gotta ask what's up with this very suspicious <laughs> indentation in the shadow that i noticed at one there, point. Was, there used to there used to be a door there it just never got removed the, the indentation never got removed because boy I, did, I, I spent like an hour looking for a secret ending tied to that off camera <laughs> when i finished the series i'm like there, there's got to be a, like is there a secret good ending tied to this weird like beetlejuice store in, in the it. shadows I did use it for something, but it did for like a. There was an event that MM put on where they wanted people to like hide secrets in their games and or not necessarily hide the secret in their game, but I did anyways, and I did use it there. Um, but it was like a temporary thing. I just mm -hmm. I should just delete that door. But I think the intrigue. I don't know. I'm somewhat tied to having that door there and having people like do what you did, even though that seems somewhat mean. <laughs> it it had like the the uh, sometimes there's doors you cannot open. What is it? Uh, That's a big pet peeve of mine. But yes. <laughs> yeah, like Disco Elysium specifically screws with the player on exactly that note, and then there's like uh, items and Souls games that just don't serve any purpose and tell you to your face that they don't do anything, and then people obsess over them for years trying to decode the hidden meaning of the item that tells you outright it doesn't do anything because it must do something it's in the game no nothing is in games for no reason yeah I, honestly i should remove that gap i i really truly didn't think people could see it <laughs> <laughs> so it's just one of those things oversights on my part it's the uh the dangerous things where uh it's a the genre it's a genre that encourages you to scrape over like every detail mm -hmm. which means that the players are going to scrape over every like it drives me crazy when like a triple a company makes a like this exploration based game that's all about going into like the like the computers and the notes and looking at the environmental storytelling like in fallout and so on and then they just have like things in the environment where like you can see the text and the text is somebody mashing their hand on the keyboard and it's just like a poster on the wall and it's like you encouraged me to look closely at everything, but now I'm just seeing all the seams. <laughs> right. But, uh, it's, but yeah, if you if you leave something like that in, people are totally going to fixate on it because they've been encouraged to be like, what if this pipe means something? And it's obviously yeah, exactly. it's completely it's completely okay for things to be pointless. But I'm really confused when uh, there's like environmental storytelling games that like encourage you to look closely and then have stuff that almost punishes you for looking closely because it's like incomplete. Uh, like incomplete documents and so on scattered around the environment but that's a whole other topic the uh let's see uh christine Habeck says uh tips on making puzzle games especially on tying the puzzles to a story in a satisfying way oh man i don't have any tips on tying puzzles to a story because that is not <laughs> what i did here <laughs> I, I had the puzzles pretty much i have man i had the puzzles made like way before I knew what the story was going to be about. And the story went through a bunch of rewrites and I eventually had somebody else write the story. 
um, like take what I had outlined multiple times and like kind of refine it into something more interesting. And then we kind of just tacked it on. Um, so it's kind not... of like a like a No Man's Sky and Subnautica sort of situation where like you figure out the the gameplay first, then you just kind of try to graft a story on because people kind of expect a narrative. I, yeah, I always wanted there to be a narrative because I feel like it's this most satisfying way to end. Like, I, it's very hard to make a satisfying end to a game that doesn't have a narrative. Like, I just, I mean, at least I don't think it, it's, it's easy, um, especially in a game like this. Like, what what could you do? <laughs> like, yeah, it's it hard, it's hard very... to say. Like, if you, uh, if you focused enough on trying to make a mechanical ending to a game with no intentional narrative, I feel like you'd end up telling more of a story thematically through the mechanics to the point where it end up just feeling like a story was there anyway like i don't know if you can escape having like some kind of narrative ending in order to feel like it didn't just run out of level levels yeah i think it would just if i mean if you just it would just feel like it just ended you know what i mean and then you're like oh i guess i finished like and so that's i i think i did have a much like lighter version of the story whereas like you you know, you just got got out of the simulation and then he walked off and then that was it. You know, you're just done. Um, and then, you know, I was having a conversation with somebody and they're like, you know, you should just do a really negative ending and then a really dark ending. And even if it's not a good ending or even like a well-told ending, if it's emotional enough, it'll feel like an ending. And so um, I kind of took that to heart. I just like wanted to have something that hit hard enough that when you were finished, you were like, okay, I feel like I'm done. And it doesn't have this lingering sense of like it ran out of steam. And so um, that's kind of where the story came from was we just wanted to facilitate that ending and we kind of backfilled in the narrative to make that work. Um, and so that's where a lot of the, you know, all the dialogue and the AI and all that stuff comes from is just how do we make that ending make sense where we want to do this kind of black mirror oh the guy was dead the whole time sort of <laughs> thing you know you know i mean as cliche as it is hey you turn out the lights yeah yeah I, I i like that even without the narrative context that you you essentially introduce like itches throughout the game mm -hmm. in a metroidvania sort of way where it's just like i can't access that but it wouldn't it would there just there wouldn't just be like a floating fence with like a book on it that just is it, it, that wouldn't be like the weird I guess it's a little similar to the dark doorway but like it wouldn't be there for no reason right there's got to be like some sort of context but then you then you, you're in this game where like you don't interact with the environment most of the time so you're like genuinely can't process what you would do to solve the fact that there is a a fence in the middle of the ocean with a book on it and you're like I guess it'll just have to come up later but it those kind of uh I, I feel like that kind of like set up and payoff where you keep setting up these like questions and these like sort of like things that keep sort of like gnawing at the back of your mind. And then finally you get an answer hours later. Like mm -hmm. I, that kind of probably like adds structure to these things, even without the narrative itself, I suppose. Yeah, I think it's important when you're designing a puzzle game to have like to have at least some of those like hooks. So that way there's always something because you, you're always going to have discrete puzzles, right? That like kind of solve, you know, by themselves in a vacuum. But to keep the player engaged, I feel like you definitely need 
those itches. You know, you need some, you need a lot of things. The more things you can do to like make the player think, well, there's something else I could be doing. Um, I think is really good for puzzle games because the thing you can't control in a puzzle game is the difficulty because I am of the opinion that difficulty in games is like almost completely random when you consider like the skill, the variance in player skill, like, Oh yeah. Some people are just, especially even in like a non-puzzle game, like the difficulty is almost random because some people are really good at playing games and some people aren't. Um, and or so even puzzle just games have just weirdly kinda, think, specific skills. Like you'll yeah. you'll agonize over like a Bloodborne boss for like a weekend, and then somebody else will just button mash through it, and you're like, I didn't even know that was an option that you could just be like <laughs> dumbly <laughs> aggressive, and the guy will just collapse. <laughs> Yeah, that's why any conversation around difficulty in games is like always been mind numbing for me because it's like there is no such thing. Like you cannot account for at least not like a measurable diff- thing, like no standard. Yeah, there's no like universal thing. You can't just say like, oh, this game is too hard or oh, this game is too easy. I think the the best you can do is like give players the ability to like scale it to what they want but i don't even know if that's it just seems like such a challenge so i don't think there's like a real easy fix so um just like making the game easier making the game harder is just not a realistic sort of answer um and but i think it's doubly so in a puzzle game because now you're talking about just the ability to like like even understand what is happening like it's not even like oh i know there's this jump and i just can't make the jump it's like, I don't even know what to do in this room. And so <laughs> in a puzzle game, when you're designing it, I feel like it's very, very important that you give the player enough different things to do or to think about, even if it's not another whole, like, even if it's not a completely other puzzle that they can solve, it's at least these other ideas or these other things that they can look at and consider to make it feel like they're not just stuck on one thing. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. if, there's, if you're literally just like in a, you know, you just have the one level and you just got to solve it to move to the next and you get stuck, then the player just has nothing to do. Right. They're just stuck. They're just looking at that one thing, especially and at so, the beginning. Right. Because like I feel like the yeah. uh, the opening hour of any of a lot of puzzle games is sometimes the hardest just because you don't even really understand yet for sure. Unless you just have seen something like that's a carbon copy of that game. You don't necessarily even understand yet what a solution looks like. <laughs> and there's like a pro- like right i at this i think i somewhat infamously took into like the third room i opened to then like i got into this this flower room and then cracked it pretty much in one sitting and then suddenly like i had like a more sharp understanding of what pu- solving a puzzle looks like in this game and then can snap back mm-hmm. into like and have a better idea of before whereas like you definitely just start grasping in all sorts of directions and to some extent it's exciting to just not really know what matters yet and there's a the next puzzle game that people will see this next week will has a similar thing where I'm, where it's got that sort of that sort of curve where you don't really know like is there do I ga- do I need to gain access to stuff later or is do I have everything in front of me and like what what is the the formula there I suppose but the uh, let's see sorry I sorry got interrupted you know that was a uh, that was just that that was just a mess that wasn't even a question it was just like trailing <laughs> <laughs> well i mean i think it was a very in, in speaking specifically with this game it was very important to me to have like the first floor like you get a key, one key and it can unlock two doors right and so and then it doesn't really matter which door you unlock because there's another key inside whichever route you go to unlock the other one and so it was 
it was kind of I was trying to give the player three different three very different puzzles from a solution standpoint that would but like in the hopes that one of them would do what it did to you where it's like okay I don't get these two but this one I get and I and I, and then in getting that one I kind of understand the game you know what I mean and so like trying to give the player at least three looks at that sort of thing and then giving them the small and like the keys I could have not had the keys and just have all the doors open you know and so it's very important to give the reason they exist is just to give the player that sense of progression that sense of like well I could go use this key if I'm stuck you know and just giving them those little moments that don't really matter too much from a you know a structure standpoint um like it doesn't like break the game for them to use all the keys first let's say but it does give the player a, like multiple things to do and so I I really didn't want people to like get stuck on the first puzzle and bounce off although interestingly enough like if you look at the stats cuz I have I have uh, stats on oh. the game tracking like how far people get and like the majority of people don't even open up the door to the house so, like... <laughs> I, I don't this is a conspiracy thing in my head to some extent but like there's a whole thing to get into about like what analytics are on any platform and like what is the average person's behavior like how often do they bounce off of so many different things i wonder because yeah like any youtuber will tell you that like 50 percent of their audience is gone in the first 30 seconds of any video no matter what the context or the clickbaitiness or the duration like people are just clicking on stuff then leaving immediately and uh you get your access to your like your playstation trophies that have their percentage stats and you're like wow uh well 80 percent of people beat the first level and then like 30% of people beat the second level and this game has 20 levels and it's like you start wondering just what are the habits of your average like game player i suppose mm-hmm. and and so on cuz yeah it's it's really easy to get demoralized by that stuff but then you realize that every single everything seems to have the same problem and it's it just really makes yeah. you wonder how rapidly people click in and out of things i think and there's I, some kind of thing where it's like um, and this is just completely not not informed enough to actually be true. But I think there's something like, you know, 50 percent of people just the content is just not for them. Right. Like, yeah. It's just because you're in because you're in a wider storefront of like a bunch of free games that yeah. are kind of designed around the idea of just kind of just like no barrier to entry. Just just click download or click start and just try it. Right. Right. I will say that the like. There is that gap, right? The 50% just bounce off right away. But then there's like the amount of 100% versus the rest of the pack, I think is, I don't know the exact percentage anymore, but it was like quite high. Like most people who continue finish, which I think is a good, like I'm okay with like 50% bounce. It's yeah. like the next 20% finish. That's very you know encouraging I mean? me, that's if, a if good your metric. engagement yeah. just flattens out immediately and, yeah. and you just stop losing people. I've definitely seen that with people who play That means people are happy. Yeah, Yeah, I found some kind of... I accidentally made a good game. (laughs) (laughs) The whole through development, I was like, I think I'm making like like a game that nobody's going to (laughs) enjoy. Creating is is weird. You get so deep in this thing where you have this... uh, there's like there's the sunk cost aspect where you just like you feel like you got to keep going because you're so invested but because you so you know so much of the ins and outs of the thing and you know how you made it in a way that kind of makes you feel like a fraud and then by the time you finish something there's this aspect of like kind of hating it and just kind of wanting to like 
finish the thing for the sake of finishing it and then you almost need distance oh, yeah. afterwards to process whether or not it was good and sometimes you just need like a hundred people to answer it for you because you don't know what to do with that right like the whole point of me making this game was you know to make that on-ramp for this genre and so i i knew i was going to finish but i definitely had that feeling like you're saying yeah I was I had like five months left to go and I was just like, man, I hate this thing. <laughs> I do not like want to yeah. open this or look at this ever. Like I like I when I was when I was in my resent my uh my annihilation video, I just resented it by the end. And I would like yeah. there's glaring issues that I was mad about and like there's several production problems that came up along the way. Like I had like I had camera footage of myself the whole time speaking, for example, and had to just cut all of that because none of it worked out. And then, like, a week later, I check in with Colonel RPG, and he's like, yeah, I already watched it three times. I'm like, what? <laughs> I don't know what to do with that information. By the way, by the way, he uh, he kind of apologizes for getting in a stupid semantic argument with you about what satire is. Oh, I my... wasn't trying to start an argument. I was just like, no. I'm pretty no, sure he, that's what I was no, doing. He, no, he was, he was, he was arguing. <laughs> he was being a person uh he's my uh one of my podcast co-hosts and i'm like what are you doing you're gonna scare him off <laughs> why, are you, why is this happening to the point where other people were calling him out <laughs> <laughs> comment sections they were a mistake uh let's yeah. see yeah, the, I I, was, I, yeah i didn't that was not my intention i was just like i think i was writing satire <laughs> yeah he, made, he definitely made me second guess it i was like wait did i not like, do that did i do something else <laughs> questioning what we're yeah we had a i don't remember god it was probably like one or two or three episodes ago but we did have a a little debate of sorts about what satire versus um parody means yeah and that's and that's uh i don't remember how it how it related to the the book in this game necessarily but uh i think i came down to the idea that just like parody has to use the means of the original thing like it's like a it's like a stylistic like parody is like the co-opting of the style of the thing and working within that otherwise because like you never have a parody that is like a different medium than the thing it's parodying for example but it's just yeah. it's at the end of the day it's like it's semantics it's like one of our hours long yeah. arguments about what an rpg is and uh no one agrees with me on that either <laughs> but uh I think I, the point here was just to say ridiculous things in yeah. as earnest a way as like not earnest, I guess, but like without saying that they were ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You it wrote a you wrote the, a book about animals from the point of view of an asshole <laughs> that didn't yeah, exactly. seem to know that much about the animals. <laughs> well, this is also some like light social commentary going yeah. on there. <laughs> a little uh I am not a wolf yeah, going on. Sort of the uh I do. It's not super related to this book, I, uh, this game, I suppose. But on the topic of like narrative and in, in puzzle games, I do. I did notice like, like because I started doing like a continual coverage of puzzle games end to end, and I was obviously like familiar with like Portal and Talos Principle and so on. I noticed what was kind of like the trope for that kind of stuff is like you have a voiceover character that usually is secretly the bad guy that starts talking to you at the beginning of the game and then over the course of the game you realize that they're actually the villain and then at the end of the game you defeat them and they were lying to you about like the basic facts of your reality mm -hmm. or someone there's definitely something different going on here because uh in this case the voice is you if i remember correctly essentially or like an iteration of you or 
actually, I guess I didn't question this necessarily whether the player was in any way related to the voiceover that's been repeating in endlessly because the voice is the guy that's in the ending, right? Yeah. So the yeah, I knew that. So part of part, I think part of the reason why that's kind of the trope is because it's just it's very hard to have it like actual care if you're trying to make a game cheaply or in this case like by yourself in like a platform that's you know the way it is you kind of have to cut that corner of like having actual characters and so doing voiceovers is generally you know the route you like if you want to have story that's like the route you have to go i guess some story some games do it with like you know you find a document and you read it um but so I think that's why that trope exists, and that's partially why it is here. I was trying to do a different thing here. I didn't want to have the voice, the you know, the voice be the antagonist. Um, I wanted the voice to help propel you forward from a like I wanted it to give you some kind of motivation. Um, because again, the thing with puzzle games is you know, you get stuck and then you just stop, right? So I wanted to make sure that there was enough avenues to keep the player going. Um, and then basically every character in the game is the, is this person. So the, the character you're playing, the, char- the voice, the AI, it's all the same entity. That was the kind of the gist of the... Like of echoes the, uh, of one person interacting with themselves. Yeah, over and over again. Yeah, so, I, I used to rally against a little bit, maybe just because of the part of like the brain that just like I recognize a trope and that means it's bad because it's repeating and any any mm-hmm. trend I can observe is a sign of an originality or whatever. But then like the more I play puzzle games, the more I realize like how else do you do a narrative necessarily just because like uh, like I guess you could be like, ah, there's somebody at the end of all this and I have to solve my way to like saving them in some way, like an Ico sort of way. But by and large, if you're doing like a series of puzzle chambers it definitely feels like the one of the best, like one of the most effective things is being like, here's some sort of status quo or here's some sort of like thing. We're going to tell you what's happening. Then here's the rat man text that indicates that something's wrong with this world. And then you realize mm-hmm. like, like there, there's something deeper going on and now I got to dig. And it's like, well, that that's perfectly, it's like, it's your, what do they call it? Like, it's like ludo narrative synergy or whatever, where it's like, that's the, <laughs> yeah. that that's the gameplay. Like your pull, the point is to want to dig deeper and observe everything and find out what's really going on with the puzzles so making a story that's also like that just complements that. So it's like I kind of came to terms with like watching the same thing happen in different ways and instead of instead just appreciating the way the games do differently because asking for a completely different narrative style in a puzzle game is almost like counterintuitive to like the genre of what they are. It's like acting for would... an action game to not have a violent story. Right. I think it would definitely change the type of game you can make. Right. If you wanted to have a different, like if you wanted to have multiple characters like interacting, like say like a, like a um, more cinematic style game would like a more triple A cinematic game, like a God of War, let's say where there's, you know, physical characters and they're interacting and they have issues and point of views and all that. And then you wanted to do that in a puzzle game. I think you have to make a fundamentally different type of puzzle game. Like, I'm not sure that you could, I mean, you could do it. You could just shoehorn that in, but I think in order for it to be successful, it'd have to be like tied into what you're making and it couldn't just be uh you know layered on top and i think that's the advantage of just having the the audio is you can just layer it on top without it really worming its way too far into like the design (laughs) and have forcing you into a different type of game than you wanted to make in the first place 
And so I think that's why some puzzle games just don't even have story, you know, like yeah. a good snowman is hard to build. Is there's, I mean, there's sort of a story, but it's just like you're just kind of doing the snowman thing. Yeah, know? I guess I guess snowman and monster are both examples a little bit of the idea of like trying to come up with like an ending without a story because <laughs> they, mm -hmm. they both I, I haven't played snowman yet, but I've played monster and there's definitely just like you kind of just have to visually reset like you have to like visually display an ending visual essentially like some kind of departure or escape or finale that doesn't necessarily have much of a narrative because in particular like as far as i can tell from monsters expedition there's also no stakes narratively it's just you're right. here and then you leave <laughs> and they think, just need to fine. display that yeah yeah i think i mean tropes are useful i think Oh, yeah. Like I use I use tropes here, like the fact that because I'm trying to do a very different thing puzzle wise, you know, that's why it's on an island and all that, because that's why it's kind of presented as an escape room, because if I had just tried to present this as like a puzzle hunt in like a non familiar sort of environment or like in a non familiar sort of way, I think I would have heard it, you know. It's just something to... some like so straightforward, satisfying about just the simple fact of like just opening a door. Like it's kind of like exactly. it's, it's like it's almost like a necessary to re, like reinvent like they use it in Resident Evil and Dark Souls and so on for similar reasons. And yeah, yeah so like, it's I, just... I, and like what like the narrative stuff like you I realize eventually that like what like the this is not what it seems is baked into like the origins like I like <laughs> missed like missed all the way back in like nineteen yeah. what ninety two four or something. It's like, oh, find the blue pages, find the red pages, and they're like, oh, that I don't think that this narrative is what these people are telling me. Is like, we've right. never it, we've never gone beyond it because maybe because it's just it fits too perfectly, and other, well, and attempted replacements are just kind of messy. Well, yeah, if your story is just two and then, you know what I mean? Like, like if your story is just like this happens and then this happens and then this happens, then it's like, why even have the story? Because there's no. Yeah, it, it's just predictable and there's no real there's no real revelation or, or learning or you're not saying anything with it or anything. You know, it's just it's just there to be there. And so if, if I didn't ha if you didn't make a story that had like some kind of twist or something, a twist, maybe not be the right word, but some kind of like. It wasn't telling you everything or there's some revelation to it or there's some upset let's say then it's like don't even have it i think oh know? yeah there's there's something really it, it's dangerous to keep listing games i guess but there's definitely just something seductive about a game just lying to you for a while and then revealing the way it was lying to you and kind of like letting you in on some of the clues of why it might have how you might have even picked up on that a little bit like there's i like what is it I can't. I, I mean, I can't. I just can't name the game. That's dangerous. <laughs> but like, I, I played a game that was like two hours long recently, where the entire second hour is them revealing that they lied to you for the entire first hour, and that's just like a basic structural deception that they put in. And it's like, it keeps repeating, but it's it just it just works. Because yeah, like as much as it's you can see a direct through line between like certain elements of like mist and uh, portal and lock and so on in that kind of like. The kind of like reveal of like what was actually happening when you see puzzle games that try to have a story but they don't go into that formula you have a lot more trouble even remembering what happened at all because yeah, the just, story just it just is what is like flat yeah i think it's, it also suffered like it suffers directly because 
you know, the, as a player, you don't have like agency over the story as much. Um, and then like you're usually interacting or like non interacting with a person talking. And so like, I think that kind of funnels the story definitely down that route. Whereas if you had, you know, three characters and they all had their own goals, then your story can take on a new form. Right. Cause it becomes once you more have, about once you like, have multiple conflict. characters, that just means you have multiple endings. Yeah. Yeah. Or you just have different, con- you have a different style of conflict. Like what's the conflict yeah. when the player can't speak and there's only a character talking to you. Like the only conflict is the character talking to you is not saying everything that they should be saying. Right. It's mm-hmm. a, I can't really think of how you mix that up too much. <laughs> I think I tried a little bit here, which was, you know, the character's not necessarily evil or bad. It's just that there is no other characters. Like it's just the one guy. And so like, that's the revelation is that, and I don't really address it too much with like who that the player you're playing as is the same guy, you know, like I don't ever really state that directly, but that's the intention. So like, I think that's an, that was a clever ish, I guess, mix up of, of the formula, but it really still plays out mostly the same where the first half you're being told one thing and then the second half is it's another. So <laughs> it makes me think a bit of uh, it, make, it reminds me of Andy Weir's The Egg. Have you read that? No, I haven't read that one yet. I've read his other books, though. It's the it's a very short story, like a single not single page, but like single. It's just all on one web page. And it's just it's less about reveals and more about just this idea, this this idea that like every single person on the planet is actually just the same person. And so you you live and you die. And then when you're and then you every time you die, you have this conversation with sort of God about what your purpose is and what all this is, then you can essentially just go right back into a new, another life, not remembering any of that context and live again. But eventually you live every life that ever existed on earth from front to, to back because they all were you all along and the planet's an egg. <laughs> like that's the title essentially. That's and, uh, distressing. Oh, it's, it's hor It's, it's horrifying and uplifting and for very different reasons. Like it's just a bizarre concept of process but it's it, i think it was supposed to be the idea of like that's how deities are born is that they live this infinite spectrum of lives and the entire planet's one organism and so on but it's just a i, I thought about that a little bit just in the idea that like so that like you're playing this character with agency trying to solve these puzzles and so on while simultaneously a copy of you is talking to you and it could be that these are just split personalities of the same guy simultaneously but it could also just be that they're like people at different stages of this like looping because he's been hooked in for thousands of years or something like that right because you have like the puzzle solver you have the confused narrator and you have the the sort of uh the tyrant ai character which are all kind of fast as the same person mm-hmm. but yeah, it's definitely you definitely leave it ambiguous on how to interpret some of that yeah i think if you spelled it out too much it just like kind of falls apart a little bit <laughs> Like players are much better at filling in the gaps, like yeah. in a more satisfying way. Like, than oh I yes, could this be. is a this is a clever <laughs> reference to Andy, an Andy Weir short story. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Perfect. Exactly what I intended. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, but I think somebody it... in the comments did the math. Like, there's a scene at the end where it tells like how many runs he's done, and somebody did the math and was <laughs> like, "This doesn't make sense." And I was like, "Yes, I did not do the math." <laughs> was it like some heat death of the universe stuff? <laughs> yeah, sort of. Like the sun would be burned down. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, 
Let's see. Ellie uh, or LW asks, uh, what is your favorite puzzle and favorite narrative part of making Locke? Oh, narratively, like it's just the ending, really, because like when we hit upon the ending, I knew that that was what we were going to do. And it just felt like it buttoned up the whole game in a, in a good way. And so everything else was just to support that. But from a puzzle perspective, it's got to be using the title like huge spoilers. But like that is hitting, yeah, that was pretty good. Hitting on that early on was like this, this changes like this makes the game make sense. Like the fact that the name of the game, the way it's presented, like what you're doing, like it like connects the dots so hard in a way that I feel like puzzle games really need to do is they really, you know, give a purpose. It gives purpose to so many of the elements of the game. Like, why is the puzzle this way? Why is the panel this way? Why is the input this way? And like making that be something you reveal really not only is it just a cool reveal and doing something that I feel like is sort of fresh in the genre, it does just make the whole game like click in a better way than if it didn't exist. Yeah. I feel bad for not mentioning that earlier when I listed my, uh, like th- the big reveals, I was like, Oh yeah, the eyes and the rooms, but like I completely blanked on the title thing. That was, that was just fantastic. That was like a Baba is you style moment where it's like, I didn't, mm-hmm. you, you're, any kind of puzzle that makes you question what was possible in the first place is a great moment where you're like, I didn't think that this was on the table. <laughs> like, right. let's go back to the main menu and type in a different word is just fantastic. Yeah. And it just like, uh, I, I wanted so badly for the, the word you type in to be exit. Um, <laughs> but but, I tr- but because of the way the puzzles work and the constraints involved, it was just not possible. Like, because how I wanted the last puzzle to be and all that stuff is just very difficult to, to like, almost it was next to impossible to make exit work. So hitting on aisle was pretty good. Um, it, and it contextualizes the story in a nice way. Um, but yeah, I have lots of screenshots, <laughs> lots of screenshots that people have posted of them renaming the game <laughs> <laughs> to all the words you'd imagine. <laughs> oh, yeah. Four letter words. <laughs> yeah, it's very... you dug, your, dug your own hole there. Yeah, I knew that was going to happen. Like the, people act like they're like, I, if there, I already knew that. You, was just, happen. <laughs> you just know that if there was enough, uh, if there was enough press about this game, there'd be the one really angry Zero Escape style review where he renames the game as being shit and then puts that as his like banner of the review or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Just sneak it right in there. Yeah. But then it just becomes a meme format. That's just better <laughs> press. That's just that's just free marketing. Yeah, exactly. Um. But yeah, that makes making a sequel to this very difficult because it's like, oh man, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm smart enough to do that again, <laughs> like in a way that's just as satisfying because I can't just do that again. You know, that, that, that same thing. I have to do something. And then you're wondering, yeah, you're wondering, like, how do you do something that clever without doing the same thing again? And is there even like another category of that? Like it'd have to be well, based on whatever for- the puzzle is, I guess. Like the, yeah, the for me, it's it's more about it's less about the fact that people don't expect the title to be a puzzle. It's more about how it like clicks the whole game together, you know, how it connects all the dots. And so I don't need it to be some cool meta thing like that. I just need it to do the other thing. I just need it to contextualize the game in a really nice way that makes it, you know, like I said, like, oh, that's why things are the way they are. Um, even if you don't as a player, like realize that. I think that's why it feels good. 
you know, I think that's why when you hit upon it, you're like, oh, the font's the same, the input's the same, the four, it's four letter word title, like all those things, like it makes it come together in a way that feels like. It's like the mechanical moment that makes it, makes the whole game not feel like it's just, and then this happened, and then this happened. Right. Or because it, like, it like, ties all of it together. Oh, these doors, like, these, these close when you leave. Yeah, I didn't save that. Making things save state in Dreams is kind of a tedious affair. So anything that I could just give up, I just gave mm -hmm. up. Like making sure the doors stayed open and all that stuff was really obnoxious to do. <laughs> making sure. Oh, that... like, oh, like saving what, what doors you've opened so far? Yeah, there's no universal save system in Dreams. Like, oh, save the state of the game. Like every single thing has to be like controlled like all the inputs on the panels like the words you type i have to like store that in the variable and keep that on on hand so that way when you load the game up like when you first open the game for like a brief couple frames like the game is in its initial state and then it goes through and like uh, uh, like redoes everything you did <laughs> mm. so that's kind of an awkward thing like there's no like oh there's no flag that permanently sets something you have you, to like, you had to develop in really specific constraints here because like doesn't the game essentially load everything on the title screen yeah but dreams is very fast at loading like the way the game is like dreams is like a really weird system where it the what it, what it's saving like when you save a dream and you make something what it's saving is a list of instructions to remake what you made so if you made like a like a model the car let's say um, it doesn't actually save the car into the file. It saves the steps you took to make the car. And then when it loads the game, it just remakes the car on the fly. And that's what it does. So like everything you do, all it's saving is like the instructions to make it. And so when the game, and apparently that's faster and easier than saving mm -hmm. the thing itself. So the file size for the games becomes very, very tiny, right? And so that way, when you lo open up the game, it loads like super quick. And so I, uh, it's just it's like it's like some hyper complicated version of like of like when something replays your brush strokes, I guess. Basically, that's what it's doing. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's it, just nuts to think about. That seems like it'd be wildly less useful <laughs> to do it that way. And the, but apparently it wor just works better. Yeah, I mean, it makes the because because it's just an instruction list, like the amount of what needs to be saved is just a lot less, I guess. And so the trick becomes, you know, optimizing how it creates everything, I suppose. And so that way it, it can make it as fast as possible, you know, without any errors or whatever. Um, but it is a lock is one of the longer loading games I've seen. Because <laughs> it's just so uh, fast across the board. Yeah, how, like most games make, are instant. It makes me wonder, like, how much how much can you like import things from the outside versus how much do Just you have to like, create everything inside of? So, so only audio. So all the visuals are made inside of dreams. Correct. But like sculpting in dreams, I think is one of the more fun things to do. Like, it's very. Um, do you have to use a controller? You, <laughs> yeah, or you can use the moves, but I, I almost exclusively use the controller mm. because it's it's pretty painless once you get. It, it still has that same curve of like if you have never played Minecraft, let's say forever and ever before, like you still have oh, to learn yeah. like how to like move around and you know like manipulate the or world. Like, uh, scrap mechanic, like just that kind yeah, of like tactile got, cr crafting. 
yeah once you got over that hurdle though like the actual using everything is pretty intuitive and like probably the best part about it it's like you just have to it maybe take you a week or so to get through that kind of like i just don't get the control scheme of being in the space um so, but so does, a key, that, does a keyboard and mouse easy. like never come into play uh no like at any point um, i actually think i'm of the opinion that because of the way it's designed like keyboard and mouse would be worse than using the controller like they would have to like change some of the interface elements hmm. to make keyboard and mouse like work in my opinion um i know that some people would disagree with that but um it just feels like it's so designed for the controller that <laughs> yeah you wouldn't really want to use a different thing because you're like holding like lots i mean like keyboard has lots of buttons but it just feels yeah. more natural i'm just um, like calibrating expectations a bit and kind of like like if one of your complete outsider it's like you don't you just don't know what to expect from this or like what it would even be like and so it's really interesting to find out that like it's like a way more complicated version of like making a forge map in halo or something like as opposed to like like i almost imagined like some there being like file sharing elements and like the ability to model things on your computer and upload that in and then like having to like code with your keyboard and things like because you just imagine yeah, no. that's what game development is yeah, this is very different than what you normally would do. Like the logic systems are all like uh, we, uh, gadgets that you just place on the screen that do a thing, you know, and then you just wire everything up more like a circuitry than than like programming. It's a lot more like circuitry than programming. So um, it does make some things easier and does make some things harder. Um, it's really weird how that works out. Like things that would be very simple in like a programming language are very tedious in this, but then there are other things that would be incredibly complex that you take you two seconds. Like human resource machine, like a Zachtronics, like, and like, uh, yeah, here's coding through the filter of a puzzle game sort of feel. It does. I mean, when I first started doing it, I did have this fear of like, Oh no, I can't, this is, this is going to be too hard to, like I, the control scheme was so hard. To, like I wouldn't say hard to pick up, but alien. That I was, I was afraid that I wasn't going to be able to stick stick with it. But then, like, just I just spent a week, you know, doing it, and then you just you just pick it up, and now now you now I'm like I in it. I don't even notice. You know what I mean? Like I don't even notice what I'm doing. I'm just doing the things I want to do. So, so if you if you make the leap to Unity, that I, I assume that means recreating all the assets then from scratch. Yeah, but I have other people doing that. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was wondering about that because I was like, when you mentioned that the trees and so on were made by other people, it made me think about like, oh, how does rights work then? But then I'm like, if it's all made on a controller in a PS4 game, I don't think you can take any of this out of it. So you, you just have to start over, wouldn't you? Yeah, we have to start over. But that does give us the ability to like not be uh, hampered by the limits and make the graphics look more like what I would really want them to be. Not that I hate the way this looks. I think this looks fine. Um, it just does have some heavy limitations based off the platform. You might say versus... it looks a little dream-like. <laughs> yeah, it does have that dreamsy feel. But in some ways, that's an asset. Like for most people, like because jumping to Unity, I've noticed that like making things look good takes longer, right? With dreams, because it gives you these soft kind of flex and like making something look being bad at making things does not keep you from making things look good in dreams mm -hmm. like in, in like unity or in blender or whatever if you're bad at making things look good it's gonna look bad like there's no it doesn't they don't help you like dreams it's does like a, a, a self-moderating art style 
Yeah. I mean, you do get locked into their look if you're not like well versed. Like the more skilled dreams makers can really make things look beautiful and amazing, and it and it kind of loses that kind of feel. But I will say that if you're just just want to make something dreams does a lot goes a long ways to making like it look good out of the box which i think is something that's easy to take for granted um i think we're already kind of on this topic anyway but paul l asks what lessons did you learn from the the development process of luck i'm making games is hard (laughs) (laughs) uh gosh I don't I thought I learned so much I think a lot of it is just you don't you can make all the assumptions or think you know a lot about what things need to be or need to do and there's just no way to know for sure until people actually play play what you've done like I don't it's it's impossible to be correct the first time like you have to build and try and build and try and when it comes to puzzles i think that's doubly so oh like, yeah because like you're when you're right when you're making a puzzle you know the solution so it's hard to solve your own puzzle and know how solvable it is or what that'd be like right and especially like these type of puzzles like i uh, there is just no possible way for me to know how hard something is with these type of puzzles like because i get the puzzle like I have the most intimate understanding of these Mm -hmm. puzzles. And so like this puzzle, like you're the room you're in now, the game room, like I thought was like the easiest puzzle in the game. And it turns out to be like the hardest puzzle for (laughs) most people. And you saw me make all these deranged connections where I'm like going back downstairs to that other book and thinking that some of these are like codes. Like there is so many ways to mess this up, like internally, like you can just overcomplicate it or just not look at the right things. Like it's hard to get the hangman wrong. I've seen people just like not oh, no. even look at the hangman, like not <laughs> even like consider it to be like a thing or they'll be like, oh, it's tattoo. Well, that doesn't help me. And then they move on. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. man, like there's so many. Oh, just drawing it's the very strange. Di- like I, I remember looking at these two and drawing a connection that in both cases, red was winning. And I'm like, yeah, that's happened a lot. A so lot like, of what's I wish the, I so like, what's the that. color? <laughs> yeah, it's it's so like I thought it was pretty straightforward, but like, all oh, right, I've got you. Example. I can ask you what, what's what what's both red. I don't know. I pulled these from somebody else's things. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, because there's really obvious analogs of what most of these are, and this one's just a joke. But I have I have no idea what both red is, and with the, with yeah. the, with the, with some of these being such base level references, not getting one of them is really weird. This was one of the things where I, I toyed with like just cutting the game boxes all together because I felt like they were really distracting. But then like cutting them immediately made the room look bad. Yeah. Like this it's one of those instances of like how much decoration can I do? And like I just left them. I don't know. Again, one of those choices where I'm not sure what the right answer is. There's mm-hmm. like an aspect almost too. like I'd, I'd imagine there's like a level of like getting it done and and making your calls and then afterwards having way more scrutiny than you might have expected when it kind of took off. Oh yeah. Um, I'm just glad that most people end up liking it because I, I, I know all the warts. I know all the ups and downs of people. Mm -hmm. I know which puzzles are really bad. Like, (laughs) and I just like the chess, I think that chess is probably the most interesting 
uh, choice because you kind of have to know how to play chess to do those. I mean, you don't really, but you kind of do. And it's just like, was that even a good call? Like, should I have just done something completely different? Because yeah, like the question create... of whether or not chess is universal enough, which almost nothing is. Like, you can't even assume people have seen Star Wars. Like, there's no universal culture. Right, this, but this chess question. is also like that's a hard thing to learn. I think so. Yeah, I don't know. That's one of those it's, things. Where it's like, like a thing I can't I, even question because I, it's I, I just learned what the pieces do when I was like four and just have gone through life mostly thinking people just know what they do. Mm-hmm. Well, and I just really wanted to have them. <laughs> like yeah. for me, it's. Like, you just got like attached to the puzzle. It was one. Of, it was the first puzzle I made for the game. Was the chess puzzle because I thought that's the level of puzzle I was going to make throughout. Like was this density, this the difficulty of it. They're and just then, easy like, enough that, like, I definitely had the reaction of, like, God, I don't feel like doing the, like, the five steps in my mind of how to solve this. But I'm like, that was, like, a K. And I'm like, it's probably a K. And then I was right. <laughs> like, that's enough. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely seen a lot of people who, like, get the, uh, what I'm doing. Like, they get the point of the puzzle. And then they can just look at the setup and be like, yeah, that has to be this letter. Like, they, they don't figure out the moves. They can just kind of, like... See it's just they what? only move in so many directions and that's right. probably and like the place where the fight happens is around here so looks like a yeah, game <laughs> exactly and so i think that's why ultimately they're okay i think in the in the steam version what we're going to do is make it so you can move the pieces and the the mm. op opposing pieces will react appropriately and have like a reset button or something yeah and so yeah like in essence even if you didn't know how to play you could trial and error your way into the into the solution um because everything is like one move away from you losing so it wouldn't be too hard to like program in like the ability to just trial and error your way through it you might um, even and if you want to catch everybody i guess you might even there might be like a stenography equivalent where you might want to have like just a here's how pieces move in chess book <laughs> thrown in somewhere I, in a corner. I, I did have that book planned. I just got burnt out and I, yeah. I was going to put that book in the cave, like just like a chess one-on-one style book. But then I was like, man, I've already told people they can look stuff up. Just let the <laughs> <laughs> go look it up. Like that was this, this one of the minor objectives with the game was to make sure that like, I wanted people to feel like they were learning things, even if they were like not really important things like um am and pm and stuff like that like i feel like people learn stuff there and then kind of like i was not afraid of people going and just like googling certain words just to see what they mean i mean that's kind yeah. of that's kind of the ethos of um puzzle hunt puzzles is that you do a lot of research understanding what things are um, well, i ended up googling the words in the drawers because i just didn't actually know what am and pm stood for even yeah most I, people do yeah yeah this is a great room, actually, the reveal of the... If I remember correctly, the it, the clocks being in the light or dark sides of the room directly affected uh, where they were placed on this timesheet, I think. And that's yeah, why the, it's divided. If they're in the light, they're in the AM, and if they're yeah. in the dark, they're in the PM. Which is somewhat of a contrivance, but I think it ultimately works. Like, it helps you with the other clocks that you find later on. It also um, makes this a dense room because like there's a there's the AM and PM realization. So you're like, wow, I just had a room sized reveal about this place. That's crazy. Mm. Bet that won't happen again <laughs> in the same room <laughs> as another reveal <laughs> waiting for you. Yeah, I wish more rooms had this kind of density of like things to discover. Um, 
because I really do like how this room works out, although it is somewhat broken because the clocks don't really like point like real clocks do because the way time, you know, really works like because the, the hand for minutes just points at is always pointing at an interval of five. Right. There's no other way to do this puzzle, though, without doing that, you know, because you're trying to strictly yeah. point to like letters. So I kind of have to give that up. But then some people get so hung up on the fact that they want them to work like real clocks that they <laughs> really mess themselves up in this room and they can't figure it out. And so it's like, oops. <laughs> I oh, don't so, know they, gets... so they see that this minute's almost at 12. So they think that the hour must actually be five, uh, six or something instead of exactly. seven. Right. Exactly. And that really and then so they go over to interpret it as <laughs> the six and not the seven. And I'm just like, oh, man. I don't know if there's a solution to, I don't know if there's a way to make that not be a problem. And then, and so I've gotten comments where people said like, oh, this is like the worst puzzle because the clocks don't actually do what they're supposed to do. And I'm like, yep, that's true. <laughs> there's a lot of that going on where it's like, people have like, you should fix this. And I'm like, I tried. <laughs> uh, yeah. Lopez Doria asked, uh, what was the hardest part of making luck? But I suspect was that what you were just talking about was the aspect of trying to get in other people's heads and figuring out what they would how people will react to puzzles that you're making for yourself. Yeah, just making the puzzles is hard. Like, especially since there's this two two layering of them where like the puzzle has to work on its own and then I have to have the second layer that at least complicates the issue somewhat or um, you know, can be expanded upon. So I, I that completely eliminated some puzzles. Like I was like, oh this is a really good idea for a puzzle. And I'm like, there's no way to do this twice. And so like I just couldn't do it, you know? And so I think if I made a sequel, I wouldn't have that structure because that structure is super that structure puts so many limits on what you can do because you're like, oh, I have to be able to hide a tier two solution for this in the house and not have it be like breaking anything. Oh, that sounds it just like makes certain some certain types of puzzles just mind numbingly impossible. Like you move one thing and you have to check 12 other things to see if it messed it up. Yeah, like changing one of the words is like, because the words have that, you know, you put the words in that panel at the top floor to get like the secret messages. So like each word, um, you know, a couple letters in the word are useful later on. And then the tier two solutions also do that. And so changing a word or changing the solution to a different word is just has like a lot of cascading ramifications that... If I change this one word, I have to change like six puzzles. <laughs> it becomes it becomes really hard to change anything once you get in certain uh, certain far down the way. Um, just not. I, at some point, I was just like, well, th this puzzle's not as good as it could be, but I can't really make it any better without when I, like when I look at chapter two anything. here, it's like so obvious once you know the answer. But have other people made my glaring mistake of trying to apply the credits and forcing the categorization onto it? No, but I think that's I liked when you when you did that. I was like, oh, I should have just done that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was just that was so much more satisfying because like you could get the answer without even finding the credits answers because you could just like figure out the rest of the word. You know, did you end up so wondering like, how you could? Did you end up going back and thinking about how you could have made the the credits a puzzle? Sorry, what? I'm sorry. Or did you Did you end up going back and like wondering like how you could have made the credits a puzzle? 
Yeah, I, I felt like I should have made those more relevant if I was going to make the player go here. Like, I feel, I feel like it's a kind of a flat. It ended up falling too flat. I mean, it's nice. It's a nice puzzle, but it's not like the best. Um, I think. Yeah, the book has some issues. So this book is something I'm going to address moving forward um, and making it a little bit more interesting. The best thing the book has going for it, though, is the fact that like I've seen a lot of players, you know, they they do they get halfway through one of the puzzles and they're like, wait a minute, I only really have to solve this one word because I only need that letter because it's got the like the highlighted letter with the question mark on each page. And so oh, yeah. this, that's one of the moments where I was like, this, I like that the best about the book is the fact that players assume like, oh, I don't need to solve all these because I don't need the word. I just need that letter. And I'm like, aha, mm -hmm. <laughs> you're definitely going to need the whole word to solve this book. And so like, that's a good like expectation moment that I, I built in specifically because I knew people were going to have that thought. Um, that they could shortcut it. Yeah. The, the, oh, I just need to solve the orange one. I don't need to solve all those. But yeah. You, like this, yeah, like this one's a particularly big ask. So you're like, Wait, I don't need to. I don't need to look at any of this page. I just, I only have this is one puzzle, not seven. Yeah, and the 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 um that's the thing I love about the crossword puzzle too is the fact that when it tells you that you're oh you're supposed to find the one word that's not there and like but the answer is like four five letters long and you're like wait a minute what <laughs> I've seen people get really jammed up on that because they're like wait but the word's only four letters so how am I supposed to get a five letter word off that so yeah. Um, those things I want, I like, I want to keep, but the puzzles themselves are a little, little not so good. Um, I probably spent the least amount of time designing those than everything else, which I think is part of the problem. I guess these are kind of related to each other, but uh, Declan O'Neill asks, uh, do you see Dreams as a viable tool for people looking to get into game de development, or is it better at simply raising interest in the profession? Which it's I definitely good for... Yeah, it's definitely good for raising interest. Um, I think it's a good tool to prototype for sure because of the the uh, just low the barrier to entry to like, and like low cost, and you, the ability to, to rapidly get something down and test it, right, to see if it's worth pursuing, um, versus just um, you know taking on the brunt of trying to build something in a bigger engine and then realizing that it's not worth doing. Um, I think professionally it could lead you somewhere. Like, I mean, I'm kind of trying to do something with it, but, um, I think mostly it shouldn't be looked that way. It should be looked at in the sense of just, you know, I want to make something for myself. I want to make something for people to enjoy. It's, it is kind of like a fun thing to do. Making games in it is more fun than making games in anything else. And you don't have to make games. You can make music. You can make animations. It's not just for games, right? So there's other interests you could pursue. I think maybe the most important thing, though, is that if you do want to go into game development and you don't really know what that's like, um, Dreams isn't going to be a good analog for the actual, like, programming or pro the, you know, just the kind of minutia of game development. But it is a good analog for how much work there is. <laughs> I think people kind of underestimate like what it means to make a game. Even I did, you know, like, like even when you tell it, yourself that it's going to be a huge long or, ordeal, like you, you still don't appreciate. Yeah. Living you definitely it. don't appreciate it until you do it. And then you're like, Holy crap. There's like so much work just in like designing it, you know, like 
after making this, I like have a huge appreciation for what it means to make a game of a certain size. And so I'm just like, I hear people say, Oh, I'm going to make an RPG in dreams. And I'm just like, <laughs> I hope you have six years. Like that's going to take forever. Cause just like designing it, just like the raw design of it, like figuring it out, not even making anything is a lot of work. It's a lot more work than, um, than I, mean, I feel like triple A developers making RPGs are basically still insane people. Like the Western RPG is like the pursuit of an impossible goal of like mm -hmm. creating what's essentially tabletop gaming in a video game that can only consist of preordained assets and like paths and and like endings and so on. Right. Like it's 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 fun to watch just for the insane, absurd ambition of it. But it's also why they basically don't get made anymore. Yeah, it's, I think it's ultimately why most of them don't succeed right it's because it's just like yeah. the goal is so far away from being a reality um, at least in my opinion they don't see i know people enjoy a lot of those games it's just I, I feel like you end up kind of doing the same thing over and over again and there's not really much game there to be honest um but i, I mean that's why i made this game too is like i knew like making a platformer or making an rpg or making some action-oriented thing was going to require a massive amount of more work than making something that's ultimately like a static thing you know if you really think about it there's not a lot moving there's not a lot of interaction there's no characters it's just mostly static environments it becomes more important that the design is quality versus the actual things itself might be part of why indie indie puzzle games are i think just continually in a boom for like the last decade basically mm -hmm. is that like there's a very different barrier to entry like if you're trying to make a souls like you basically have to be a double a company or scott studios and right like if you if you might want to make a puzzle game though you make an environment and then you obsess over that place basically as opposed to having to like make hundreds of environments and that's like it's a very different project but it it's totally worth it because it leads to the same emotional payoffs you'd want from like any any kind of scale of game so it's the, the compactness kind of changes what people can accomplish i figure Right. And it plays, it depends, but like, I feel like making a puzzle game can play to your strengths as a designer. Whereas, because, you know, I can focus on the design, I can focus on the puzzles, I can make them as good as I can be. And then like, you know, the presentation is important, but it becomes less so in a way that like, I think other games can't sacrifice. Whereas, because like the crutch of the game is like figuring out these puzzles. So like, if this game looked like half as good, like, would the game be half as bad? I don't think so. Um, There's even diminishing returns. Like the uh, uh, like the dragon that's always being chased with graphics is to add more and more clutter and more and more detail and more and more, like, like all these walls would have to be covered in, like, textures and cracks to the point where they, they almost go too far in many games and stop looking like a believable space because of how busy mm -hmm. every element of the environment is. But specifically in a genre like this, uh, one of the core elements is presumably its readability. And so there's like actually a direct benefit to having a clean visual I'd figure because it helps yeah. you tell whether something matters. Because if you add too much of a weird detailed cracked paint to your walls, people are going to start thinking that that's a puzzle. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely true. Um... I wouldn't say I didn't take advantage of that. <laughs> I yeah. certainly was like, oh man, I really don't have to make this look that great because it doesn't really matter too much. Like um, imagine imagine a bunch of plays like a like imagine this, 
being in a game where like the wallpaper's peeling all over the place like there's yeah, just vertical there's streaks just... all over the... like it wouldn't work at all It'd be a mess this was a fun one to set up so. yeah. <laughs> i like that this room has a few things in it that you just know that you need to think about like this you keep looking at this and it looks different from the other frame stuff but you don't know what to do with it still and this is just weird but even mm -hmm. when you find the solution like i didn't register these door frames at all as being standing out at all let alone them being like half of the word is just the colored door frames mm -hmm. you yeah think, i tried, you think you I, know where it's going and you're just you're wrong again i tried to hide the pink stripe with like something like try to make it be like a pillar or like a coat rack or something like that and then i was just like what if i just put it on the wall like what if i just painted <laughs> the line with is that like does that work? And like, it totally does. Cause it just feels, yeah. it's just like weird. And there's just no way for you to put two and two together um, until you know what you're doing. It'd be hard to do much else with it. I figure like, like the best I can think of is like, like a light in this room, shining a crack of light onto that wall specifically yeah. for like a barely open door. Done. But that, that seems like beyond the lighting we're dealing with a little bit. And on some level, I kind of like the choice of it just being like this weird non sequitur yeah, element. It's like another thing, like the page on the on the fence in the water, where you're like, "What does that mean? It obviously means something." Uh, it, my other favorite was... one is the. Uh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, my other favorite one is the flower outside the window in the math room, and you're just looking at that flower, seeing that flower there the whole time, and being like. <laughs> even when you know that's the puzzle you're working on you're like you're still just looking at that flower going what the hell am i supposed to do with that only like, the correct settings will work i guess yeah. this is the closest thing to there being another moment like editing the uh the title screen is this just fundamental change in what the uh what's possible here yeah, I like, I like the consistency of this puzzle because it's like in the other room, and this is something that people don't really pick up on. Like in the other room, you're messing the sliders and it's like changing the, you know, the light shining on that flower, the water pouring on that flower, the music in that room. And that's why that flower changes. And so if you really think about this logically, even without the hint, right? And you're like, what do I do to change the music playing on this flower, the light applying to this flower? Like that, that just exists have... in the game and there's no other constraints. Right. And so it's like, it does make sense that the world settings would affect that flower versus changing the settings in the room. Everybody tries to do it with the settings in the room, but yeah. logically that makes no sense because that said set, the settings in this room apply directly to this thing. Right. And They're so just it's not like, ready to expand there yet. Yeah. yeah you, you, just... you, you even made it so that you control these with a D pad and they have the same diamond as the, yeah. uh, and they make the same sound and everything. Yeah. It's like this, it's the same interface element except for the notches, I suppose. I could have put the symbols here too. It's kind of an oversight, but well, it's it, it'd be like pausing the game in the witness and realizing that there was a a a, a, a ball with a line coming out of it in the menu, <laughs> and realizing yeah. that this, there's just like there's something going on here, and like unzipping the game, and then suddenly a different ending happens. Yeah, like I, I do I, like that. I mean, I don't see a lot of menu stuff going on. Thinking, yeah. I don't, I don't think I see the menu tricks in puzzle games in general, really. Like, that's that was just different altogether. I think they're hard to do because it's like... 
people don't it's just something you don't think about being an option right and so it feels kind of non it feels like territory that you can't go into from a design perspective but the kind of the benefit of making a dreams game where i don't have to actually get a publisher or you know i can just i can make it as hard or as nonsense as i want <laughs> i can try things that not you wouldn't normally try and see if they actually work and so you know there's some learnings to be done there let's see oh, i've been holding you here for a while haven't i uh it's all right there's a uh, the, the last two questions are probably pretty quick uh one of them is just the obvious follow-up of like uh what, what other dream games would you recommend because like for people like me this is just this is my entire exposure. I didn't find out about this game because I was browsing Dreams. I found out about this, this game and then bought Dreams. <laughs> uh, How did you so, find out about this? I'm curious about that myself. Did oh, somebody somebody, like... somebody mentioned it in the uh, in my Discord, and I think that was the second time I'd heard of it. And so, like, once you hear about it, uh, something like two or three times, you usually get curious enough to like actually like look into it. And then you're like, okay, I found like a there was a video essay discussing this game. And I'm like, okay, this, and I, I kind of like would uh, sort of like breeze through. I think somebody streamed playing through the entire game and I just like skipped around at random with it on mute and like kind of picked up like, okay, there's just like stuff going on in this. And I think this is like a good candidate. And I've got a whole, I've got this whole mess where I've got like, as a Let's Player, I've got like these giant spreadsheets of games categorized by genre and what slot they would fit into and so on. But then, like, whenever the... I only choose the next game to play when I just finished the previous thing and it's time to record the new thing. I don't plan ahead. And so mm. it's just spur of the moment. Like, if I if I encounter a game on the right day when it's time to pick the choice and I just get really curious about it, then I just, I'll just dive in. And this, this game got my curiosity the exact day it had to. Oh, that's, that's, that's fortunate. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, because you're pretty prolific. You've played like most, like played most games that I feel like. I feel like if I wanted to watch a let's play of a game, you've got it. Like I, I feel like you're running out. <laughs> oh no, I'm not. They could stop making games now, and I would die without finishing my spreadsheet. It's a <laughs> nightmare. Good. It's it, it's it's the it's maybe the curse of knowing about indie games and and even preferring them is there's too I many. Mean, like I think like six different puzzle franchises that I'm playing right now have sequels I haven't played yet. Oh wow. <laughs> like Rethink yeah. and uh Da Vinci. As far as other dreams games, there's like it's I always hate this question because like I don't play enough on it and I always feel like I'm not I always feel like I'm unprepared to answer this question. Because you're busy making a game, I right? <laughs> I just don't play a lot, unfortunately. It's just kind of like a bad bad habit of mine um but there's like um another puzzle like so one of the one somebody who's helping me make the the real version of this he also makes uh, dreams games and he makes puzzle games too his name is rbd jellyfish and i really respect his opinion a lot because he makes a lot of puzzle games um his games are kind of on dreams they're kind of uh, meme games some of them are kind of joke games and they're pretty they're still pretty good but he does have a couple really nice puzzle games on there too but he's also someone who's made a real game called um sensorium it's on steam and it's a puzzle game kind of like mm. the witness and kind of like this so that might be one to check out when you have time I would is that the one that's kind of sheet. kind of gray and cell shaded Yes, yes. Uh, I think it's, it's about in, the five senses. I think it's already in my uh, basalt column gallery. 
Oh yeah, he does have that in there. <laughs> yeah, I think that already made its way in. That's a there's a lot of games I know entirely because they've made that list and then they go on another list and it's like a it's like two points of contact, so it's easy to remember the title even if I don't I think play it's, it for it's like a good, years. It's a good puzzle game. It's um it's very like the the premise is um you know, about the five each puzzle area is about one of the five senses and so I think that's an interesting design challenge especially since some of the senses are like wait how do you do that uh, oh yeah yeah how do so you like, how do you smell in a video game without yeah, exactly. scratching and stuff yeah maybe i'll try that I mean, next the uh the, the current next game's picked but uh it'd be like two games from now i might be able to get to that yeah if it's on your list already then that's good i just wanted to mention it um and then there's just a lot of good hits on i mean you can if you browse dreams if you first get dreams like they do a thing where if you're new they hit you and you're surfing with like the greatest hits you don't get served up like the general dream surfing you get served up with like the pick the cream of the crop for mm. new players and so like almost anything in that list is worth the effort to play like i don't know if it's worth doing like a let's play of some of those because a lot of the games on dreams are not very long right because i, I saw think there's like some it. kind of trilogy of adventure games or something i think they're like uh, animal a, people uh, there's pig detective those um it's like an adventure game the first couple are like they've gotten much better at making them <laughs> and so like like well they've just gotten used to like the first one's very low low uh low i don't want to say quality because it's still good it's just like not as polished right there's no yeah, the, the art isn't as good yeah the newer version is like crazy like the amount of stuff they've done and they've gotten like you know the voice talent from like twitch streamers even they even got um i think troy baker Troy Baker's in yeah. it, um, but in like a joke way. I was confused <laughs> about that. Oh, did, yeah, did they, wanna, did they, did the they do something away, sneaky? He's in it. They got him to do a line. <laughs> <laughs> we hit up Troy but Baker's Fiverr. <laughs> I would the, definitely uh, recommend those because those are definitely got the longer. They're more stream watchable and streamable. Like um, a lot of the other ones are just um, just really cool experiences that are just maybe on the short side and so you know if you were to ever do i would recommend anybody get it just to play those but like if you were to, wanting to do like a series it might be like you know you might want to put like a couple together i don't know if that's something you would do but like oh yeah no, like sort, I, of, sort of i i followed a similar trajectory of like watching someone develop and the games get more in depth when i did the uh the cube escape and rusty lake games and yeah, yeah. Like I legitimately just covered the first two games in one episode because they were so short, but you just you just jam them in there. Yeah, uh, so I think there might be something there. Um, it's so hard. There's so many things being made all the time on Dreams now. Like, And a lot of it is just like weird. Like, oh, that was weird. And then it's over. Yeah. <laughs> and so... I guess there's um, a there's kind of like community members, right? That kind of somewhat curate this and try to guide people a bit. Um, yeah, the, the main lists are curated internally by the Media Molecule staff, but then, you know, if you're ever streaming Dreams or playing Dreams on Twitch, like, I'm sure somebody will jump in and, like, direct people to the correct, like, oh, you should play this, oh, you should play this. There's a lot of good, like, a lot of people making horror games. I don't know if all, I don't know if I'd say there's a lot of good ones, um, but that seems to be a very popular genre. <laughs> I wonder how making, well like, that holds up or if it ends up silly the uh it mostly silly <laughs> that's a yeah that's a very specific uh 
what is it like you, when you see any movie any horror movie in the theater that takes enough risks there's that that dynamic where like half the theater's engaged and half of them are laughing and there's a there's like that's yeah. a big risk and i'm like i'm thinking of that in terms of like dreams as aesthetic i'm like that could get silly really fast even if you don't want yeah. it to but there's still some good stuff i mean like there's always going to be good stuff because there's still enough serious creators yeah i mean i have a couple other games i've made uh, another puzzle game that's only like one button like you it's like you can only press the whole game is designed around the idea like how do i make a puzzle game where all you press is a single button hmm. um and then um i don't know i don't know really i wonder I'm if that would come out in like like a warrior wear kind of mode uh well raf asks when's the next game so i'm working on obviously i'm working on making this for real, I guess, quote unquote, um, I'm still in the process of figuring out what even a sequel to this would be. Um, like, even if I want to do that, I mean, I want to, but I don't know how much of the DNA is the same in like a sequel. You know what I mean? It's more like, do I want to just make another puzzle game that has like similar goals and how much does it really even need to be tied to this? Um, but then I'm also working on like a, what I'm calling a reverse Pac-Man where it's like yeah it's something trying... on your timeline right on twitter yeah you're, it's like uh you're a gorilla and you're it's like pac-man levels they look like pac-man levels but you're like your goal is to like hunt down the other like the the ghosts are in this case they're monkeys and like you can punch them and it's instead of them coming after you they're going after your pellets and so you have to like stop them it's kind of like a roguelike. I just wanted to make, I, I wanted to do something completely different. Um, I didn't want to make another puzzle game right out the gate. Just because I wanted to keep trying to do new things. Um, but that's, keeps scope creeping into something bigger and bigger than what it initially started as. And so it just keeps getting like more and more work than mm -hmm. I initially anticipated. But yeah, I think the thing I'm most focused on is making uh, the remake of this. Um, right now I, my, I'm making smaller, I'm just kind of like dabbling in dreams and not so much focused on it as much as I used to be. Um, I just haven't really hit upon, I mean, like I only have so much time, right? And so I think yeah. this has gotten enough popularity or enough eyeballs that if I was ever going to try and make a, like a break into like making an indie game, this seems like the best shot like i don't know that i'll have another good idea as good as this <laughs> to do that with so um i think it's the next logical step so i'm just i can definitely to relate to that. that yeah start up your youtube channel scream into the abyss for a few months and then suddenly one thing starts going somewhere and you're like well time to model my life around this one thing because yeah i don't know if it'll ever happen again by the way, exactly. what was the, maybe even as a closing note, I don't know if there's a reveal here or if it was just like a, a, a little joke you did or something, but what was the deal with the arches on your Twitter? That was the MM thing. That was the, they were teasing one of their, they want, they reached out a couple, um, like high profile, I guess let's say creators to post stuff on Twitter about the arches um and like they didn't even tell us what it was for they just wanted ah. us to do it as like a viral sort of thing and it ended up being for one of their community events where mm. like they were they're making a new game inside dreams but they're opening up you know, like you can submit a level like using their assets 
um, and make a level for their game, and then they're going to put it all together and make like a big experience. And then, you know, they'll put the cream of the crop in there. And so that's what they were wanting us to tease. So it's not, not. I, d- I definitely wondered. I'm like, wait, what did I miss? <laughs> yeah, it, it it was kind of just like a random thing. I don't know how much it hit, but I was happy to do it because it was very straightforward for me to do. But. Well, all right. I I think we're probably about done here. Was there anything you wanted to discuss or anything you wanted to bring up? No, as long as I feel like I answered the questions thoroughly enough or satisfying enough that you have enough to use. Probably cut out some of the rambling. (laughs) Oh, no, we we just embrace that here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, yeah, hopefully it's not too boring. No, this this is really interesting. It's really rare to have the chance to discuss with somebody game development in general but also just specifically like puzzles are just a weird thing in their own way like and yeah like it was interesting to hear to some extent like for example like how much of these are like following a format versus just like wow i just had this like weird dream and then i invented an entirely new style of puzzle whole cloth because i'm just like that's just like how the hell does how do people do this yeah i think yeah, having a goal in mind really helps or fixating on like some kind of guiding compass. Like, I don't think you can. I mean, I, I'm sure some people do just like come up with an ideas out of the blue. But for me, it's much easier to like have a defined purpose. Like I was saying, like, you know, wanting to on ramp this style of puzzle that really directs you in a way that helps you come up with ideas that feel new. Um, so that would be. You know, as soon as you try to define what a puzzle is, I feel like you fail, you know, like, so I don't know how to really describe it. All right. Before we uh, definitely before we cut this, uh, where can people find you and follow you and know when future games come out or even when this game comes out in other formats and so on? Well, the only place to really follow me is on Twitter and it's under 800 pixel to 800 pixel gorilla. So I'm pretty easy to find. If you find a purple um, gorilla, where, you're in the right spot. Yeah. Um, I I have been a little bit inactive lately just because I've been really busy. But um, if anything new comes out, it for sure will hit there. Um, and I every now and then, like I haven't, I've been thinking about doing it more, but I do stream me creating. And I had in the past. Um, I think that usually happens more when I'm nearing the end. And it's just like a lot of I know exactly what I'm doing because I feel like it's more interesting to watch somebody making something when they're when they're directed versus me just like ambling around. <laughs> so I'll probably stream and it's the same thing on Twitch, 800 pixel gorilla. So, I mean, you can follow me there with like very low expectations that <laughs> I'll stream something, but it will definitely be like game design related if I do. Um, but yeah, that's basically it. And I would also encourage anybody who doesn't have dreams like dreams is always on sale. Like I think right now it's like $10, which is like criminal. Is it actually like $10 even, right now? Yeah. Like even if you don't plan on making anything, which yeah. like is totally fine. Like the and, amount of content you get for $10 is staggering. Like, Oh yeah. And once again, this is available on PS4 and PS5. I don't, I don't know if they like ported it or if it's just like automatically backwards compatible. I think everything on PS4 pretty much works on PS5. Yeah. There's no PS5 version yet. Yeah, but, but you do but get yeah, the, like se- the increased... second half of this game was my uh, was my first ever PS5 game. Yeah, it's you do get higher frame rate and like higher fidelity on the PS5, but like you don't 
there's no specific improvements. Um, I'm sure that'll come uh, eventually. I just, I just, I mean, I don't, I'm not making. It. I don't know when. Oh yeah, and for the record, the uh, the Discord preview look, probably looks a little choppy, but this game is. It seems to be running at like 60 or something. Like it seems completely it smooth. Be 60, yeah. Yeah. If you're on the PS5, it's definitely 60. It uh, is a okay. PS4, it's probably 30. Editing this thing on the PS4 is like a beast. <laughs> I think mm -hmm. it runs at like 15 frames per second. Editing oh, when it. you have all the dev tools at your disposal at the same time, and it's like and just destroying the console. Yeah, on the PS5, it's like like you don't even notice. It's like still 60 in the edit mode, but mm. like if anyone can find it, a PS5. Fine. Yeah, I was just fortunate. <laughs> yeah, that poor console. But yeah, de definitely. Thanks for coming by. This was a uh, an experience. I've never, I've never interviewed anyone. Did not. I, I think much like how you might have not expected to do an interview about this game, I never expected right. to be interviewing game developers about their games. Well, you got to start somewhere. I'm like the smallest yeah. game developer you could probably find, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you could get more lower on the pole than me but I, well you, i i think i've had a couple of offers before but i didn't like their games <laughs> oh that's, that's unfortunate and then i'm just like i don't i don't know if the opportunity is worth me kind of like figuring out how to navigate this social situation <laughs> yeah because yeah there's a i'm very opinionated oh uh, yeah well I, I think you have to be right like, yeah, well, I, there's some people that just get through this just glossing over everything like they they're enthusiasts by nature and they just put on a smile and get through everything. But, and it's not that compelling, but people people show up for it. But uh, yeah, no, like one of the pushbacks I often get, especially with indie games, is that like criticizing games is almost seen as cruel. Like it's just an indie game and so on. And I'm like, whenever I hear anything about game development and testing and so on, whenever I hear about this, it always sounds like people are usually abundantly aware of the exact things I'm pointing out. Like, I'm not even oh, really yeah. saying anything new. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely for sure. Like, everything you... Like, a lot of things you pointed out that you didn't like or that you thought were strange choices, I'm like, I also don't like that. <laughs> yeah. But so, wanna, like... One of my... Think, for, like, uh, sorry, Discord delays a nightmare, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, sorry. But one of my formative nightmare experiences was playing through Zenith, a game that I thought had, like one of the best told stories almost ever but mm -hmm. the game was trash and that just that juxtaposition was so compelling and interesting how the game was just a train wreck like technically and like just pure gameplay but the uh but the story was so interestingly well developed and told and full of like setup and payoff and character arcs and like touching moments and comedy and so on and then i'm like this is so compelling and interesting and then I find out at the end, the finale, the developer commented saying that they saw the whole thing and every mean thing I ever said. And, they're, <laughs> and, and they all took it in stride and all that. And they were like really flattered. And they were really flattered by all the nice things that I said, on top, despite the intense criticism. But what a way to find out is finding out at the end when you can't react anymore that the developer was there the whole time. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I watched, I was, I was like jumping on every episode because I like wanted to see what you'd say and stuff. So I was very interested. I think the people that get most offended by your criticisms are not the people who made the game, which is kind of funny to me. Because yeah. I'm not, not speaking for every developer, but from my point of view, like the more harsh the criticism, as long as it's like not 
just there to be negative. Like there's always like a reason behind it, even if I don't necessarily agree with the reason. Um, it's always helpful, right? Because like if somebody just says something's good, like I'm like, okay, it's good, thanks. Like I, that doesn't, I don't learn anything from that. But if you say you don't like something and you say why, I'm always like, oh man, that's an interesting way to look at it. Like maybe I should think about that sort of thing more or you're like oh i thought this puzzle was going to be like this and i'm like oh that is an interesting way to think about that puzzle and so like that kind of thing i feel was like it, you don't was it, get was it this room that. that you were like panicking and dming me on twitter about because yeah, you thought because i was I've gonna seen people, yeah i was so worried about that because it would it totally like breaks the experience if you do the wrong thing here first this is my worst i hate this room the most so did the um, second solutions work then yeah you can punch you in the, the second one? solutions yeah, oh. you can. Right, because I think I, I think you responded to somebody that asked, like, does the uh, could you type down immediately at the beginning and would it work? And you said yes. Yeah, you can type aisle immediately in the title and get the ending of the game. That would be really weird, though, <laughs> to <laughs> land on. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I that was a choice because I didn't want to do like uh, just what's it arbitrary gating of stuff like that like i just wanted it to work yeah. like it didn't it wouldn't make sense for it to arbitrarily not work right so like it's just not there the problem i have with that it's too that room is it's too easy to like think i'm wanting you to do the second thing before you're doing the first thing and so like i've seen people put in the second answer there the most and get super confused why nothing works <laughs> the way they think it's supposed to um which you know that's design choice that i have to live with but um because you'd have to like tear it all up and start over to change it wouldn't you yeah i'd have to change a lot actually but it is a source of like when i see like someone like you streaming a high profile or playing a high profile in a high profile way i'm like oh man i really hope he doesn't do that because it's gonna like (laughs) totally derail like the whole feeling of the game and then not a way that i am proud of um so I don't even know why I was panicking because it's not you'd already done everything. So I was like, yeah, it, it was mattered. over. <laughs> it was already over with. I Much just like your totem pole comment. I'm also like, it's very funny to hear myself referred to as high profile. <laughs> well, the it's sc- high profile for me. So, like, yeah, yeah. Like, and for a dreams game, right? Like, I mean, you got thousands of people watching, which for oh, me yeah. is like, I never I anticipated like, you know, oh, maybe 50 people will play my game. <laughs> like, yeah. So for me, it's like a pretty cool, uh, especially since I've been watching your stuff. Like I stumbled across your stuff like years ago and I was like, you're playing, doing let's plays of games that like nobody was doing. And I was just like, oh man, this is like right up my alley and lots of puzzle games, which like a lot of let's players don't do for obvious reasons. Um, Oh yeah. Cause your, your immediate feedback is that it's a bad idea. Because all the audience, everyone seems mad at you. <laughs> yeah, like everybody gets irrationally irritated with you because you didn't solve something or see something fast enough. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, have you played a puzzle game before? Like that's that's kind of how it works. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I touched portal like portal co-op multiplayer maps uh, early on on like my previous channel, and then never returned until like until like i think a legend of grimrock 2's heavy puzzle elements opened the door to me to the idea that people liked watching puzzles get solved because without that context i would avoid this whole genre like still like i'd be playing portal in my free time and not doing it for the internet because it seems so hostile but now it's like my job like the witness kind of gave me a job i guess it's, it's a way to I look at think- it at this point 
I would, I, I mean, I mean, I could be wrong, but I feel like there's a gap in like the let's play for like stuff like that. I, I think there are definitely harder videos to make and be interested in like puzzle games in general, just because of the pacing. You know, it's not like God of War where like the pacing is really good to watch. Um, but, oh yeah, and the AAA um, games are currently like a, the non-open world ones are developed like a like a theme park. Like you just right. go through this linear sequence of events that are paced well to be theatrical. So then that translates directly into being a well-paced video and then you just it just does the work itself and you just kind of do that and you do one video a day and you can really like make that just work but right. no like but self self-guided puzzle solving is just a a trip and a half i have to be in the right headspace to even fire it up make, for the day <laughs> right but i do think there's like a i mean because there's lack of that video type like that's how i found you and i think that's maybe i i do think those videos did I mean, they look like people were interested in it. Um, and it, and it's not the type of game I thought would be like that. So I think there's something there. I just don't know what precisely. Mm -hmm. Some of it's, uh, no, there's always a, the, the superficial element. It's the, uh, like, obviously people stick to it because they like it, but there's some, definitely an element of like the clickbait, like the, like, just you need to get somebody to instantly attach to something based on like the really superficial first glance element of it. And so to some extent, I think, especially with my audience because of the witness and the, and the, the mist games, if you just show people a colorful Island that looks and say it's a puzzle game and it's like this compact Island that reminds them of like the original mist Island a little bit mm -hmm. that gets them to click. And that's the hardest part. Like, that's yeah. so much is lost because like it doesn't matter how good your game is if nobody clicks on the videos about it or like clicks on the thumbnail on dreams or something then it just doesn't exist it's in their world it never and it'll never happen and that sucks i hate that part about the world but but it's just part of the process <laughs> like yeah like i like i i when i'm when i make when i'm currently writing scripts for my other channel like i i think about like what is the what is the headline for this and like what's the thumbnail for this like i need to think about that while i'm writing it because that'll be whether it does well that'll be half of the work as opposed to the actual contents of the video right. that's just the world it is but yeah definitely yeah. thanks for thanks for coming in this was uh this was enlightening and oh, unique, thanks for playing and a unique and opportunity like doing all this yeah i'm curious to see how you put this together <laughs> <laughs> so well, all right. Thanks for thanks for watching. I give, uh, that's a good sentence. I nailed it. Thanks for watching, everybody, <laughs> and we'll see you next time. Bye bye.